0: It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Vinny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball.
1: Here we are again, another episode of Cat well, Wednesday, party, Terry TB Brown. I'm sure everybody that's gonna listen to this on Roku TV, man. You you was under the weather last week. First of all, we just gotta we gotta see how you doing, man. Cause it was wasn't the same without you.
2: Well, you know, I'm I'm doing a whole lot better than I was. I was down for most of Tuesday, and then Wednesday rolled around and I was laid up and I think I texted you a couple of hours. I said that this is a, a DNP, DNP, you know, coach's decision kind of thing. I'm, I'm out, but I'm, I'm back at it. Just rested, hydrated. Luckily wasn't anything more than just one of them little bugs that sometimes go around, uh, you know, uh, cause, cause here it's, we just now got some warm weather today. So a little bit of, a little bit of back and forth with the weather. So we've been, We've been doing pretty good, but I'm back. I'm back at it. I'm back at. I'm back in my my, my fighting shape, uh, as they say.
1: That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Y'all can listen to us on Roku, Spreaker, watch us on Roku, listen on Spreaker, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, part of BS Three Network. Appreciate Ben set up the third, bringing us in here, and getting us heard on a lot of different platforms, getting us seen on Roku, um, and you can also. Uh, give thanks to people, our partners, Play Action Pools, uh, Christian McCullum. Go to his site, check out all the contests he's got going on. March Madness is going to be popping on the site. Go to rain Watches, put in the promo code talk get 10% off of your purchase. Go to get your men's watch, women's watch, different bands, different styles. Lotterrain.com has got you, so appreciate them as well. We got, man, TV loaded show tonight. We got three guests, not one, not two, not three, as LeBron said. Uh, we, <laughs> here in just a second, got to send an email to Andre Jones, who is under BS3 network with us. He's out of Houston, had a show, lunch break, sports show, every afternoon, Monday through Friday. Uh, just retired from that, but still doing his thing. Been in radio for 40 years, radio legend. We got your guy from Iowa. Can't wait to hear what y'all talking about because you recuperated and got back among the living in time for Sunday to go see Caitlin Clark do her thing. So so your homie, Adam Jacoby is going to be on here to talk about y'all's trip uh, to see Caitlin and the Hawkeyes down there in Iowa city. And then we close it out with former cat friend of the show, Reggie Hanson has been on here with us before, and he'll get his thoughts on this year's team, his time at UK. He got all kind of fun stuff. So, man, this show is is stacked. Jam go
2: packed. I'm glad I came off the IR so I could uh, participate uh, this week. So, looking looking forward to it. I appreciate you holding it down last week, but I'm I'm ready to dive in and talk cats. I guess we could talk a little NBA, a little bit of a little bit of everything
1: absolutely absolutely we uh and andre's out of houston but i saw a little post i gotta ask him about it because he's you know kentucky is everywhere and everybody knows so we gotta get his thoughts on the cats and everything else all kind of sports the win last night you shout out the rave on sports app you and i got to co-host the chat i think for the second that's the second game we've done Brittany harris and james clark reached out yeah. to us they heard us on the podcast. We had them on a few weeks ago, and we've been fortunate enough to be able to to host some chats. And last night was one of those games. You you say it every few weeks. A bunch of those games are just kind of, you know, Kentucky wins by 8 or 10 or 12. And it's not a blowout. It's not a nail-biter. He just kind of lumped it into that. Eh. And last night, 83 to 72, and it was just kind of one of those, eh, you know, Kentucky wins another one and, you know, on to the next one
2: right and i'd like to talk to uh, uh to, to 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 Reggie Hansen when he comes on as a player my takeaway was these dudes are just ready for the pope season you know they they uh old miss isn't going to move the needle old miss has won in lexington twice ever you know uh, i believe it was 98 and 1924 like it's it's one hundred and nine to fifteen, the all-time series. Ole Miss just isn't going to move the needle. Uh, to paraphrase former uh, Wildcats coach uh, uh, Rick Pitino, Ansu Sinse is not walking through that door. You know, Marshall <laughs> Henderson is not walking through that door. So I think for for these cats, uh, it's a situation where if they catch Auburn for the conference title, great. You know, uh, you know, it'd be the fifty eleventh. Uh, title, uh, but that doesn't change what their outlook on the season is. It's just a different mindset. And I don't know if that's just what I'm projecting on them, or if that's something that they're actually. As a player, do you get to that place where you're like, "Look, we know what we have. We are ready." You know, it's like with the with the preseason football and in and basketball. Uh, you get to that point where you just say, "I'm ready for the real thing." So. Uh, that's just my takeaway. But uh, to your point, yeah, there's 2,000 uh, something wins. Most of them are of this variety. Most of them, you know, I I can't remember the Ole Miss game from uh, 2002. I'm assuming we won, but I I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. So I think it's it's because people get caught up with the spread. Uh, mm-hmm. I think people. Uh, also have to understand these are good teams. I mean, Ole Miss. I mean, not great, but still a, a, a tough ball club, and and they've got players that play just as hard as our guys.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: you're not you're just not going to beat everybody by 20 points. What I did like last night was when Ole Miss made it close, Kentucky had an answer. That to me said more than anything else. I know defensively they haven't looked, at, but. When Ole Miss got within six points, you know, somebody went on a, you know, tie-tie usually would go on a five- to seven-point run. Like, we were able to expand that out. That is uh, something that's going to bode well moving forward. Uh, And, again, like to get uh, Reggie's uh, thoughts when he comes
1: on. For sure, for sure. And and to your point, you said people get caught up in the spread at at, (laughs) Kentucky was up. 11 at halftime, I, I think it was a 44-33 or 42-29, something like that. And in the rave on chat last night, uh, the guy says, looking good on that over. And I was like, I don't know. And, of course, it turned out to be they didn't come close to covering, I think, whatever the 17, 18 points was. Yeah, like 16 and
2: a half last I saw. But,
1: <laughs> it, it you know, I,
2: I understand, you know, Folks got to gamble. That's that's part of it. But I just don't want that to be, become a major talking point simply because there are nefarious individuals out there that uh, want to make sure that lines are met and that kind of thing. So I, I, I get it for prop stuff and different things like that. But the spread, you know, that ain't that ain't what I'm about. You You, you just got to. I'm going to go with my Herm Edwards here. You play to win the game. Yeah, That's the bottom line. Did Kentucky win? Yes. Are we relatively healthy? Yes. Severe Willer was, uh, you know, six of nine last night. That's good. Two three-pointers. If he's hitting three-pointers, that's a game-changer, mm-hmm. right? If we can get uh, – we've got the ability where a bunch of people can score, but if we can get them all kind of going at the same time, that's what's going to set Kentucky apart. From everybody else as we look forward to the uh, postseason, because it's 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 Kentucky time. It's Kentucky time. I, I saw that uh since uh 2010, Cal's first season, Kentucky's got more tournament wins than anybody else. And that's with missing two entire tournaments. <laughs> They've yeah. got uh, the Cats have 69 tournament wins, and Kansas has 62, and Kentucky has missed two. So, <laughs> that that's how, and I, that's one the, that's how good this run has been. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, we saw we saw signs of of Ty getting back to pre Auburn injury Ty um, stuff in the stat sheet. You know, fourteen, four assists, three steals. He came down, like you said, he had a, a Ty Ty run. You know, single handedly. Three straight buckets, and it was at all three levels. Drove in, got a layup, hit a mid range jumper, hit a three, seven point spurt. Where this is what we saw him do. You know, it makes he's only been here a year, but this was, if you want to say vintage tie tie, that's what he'd been doing all year long up until he got injured at Auburn. And we saw him maybe kind of rounding into form last night. Uh, carry that on over to Florida, like you said. Get this, get the regular season over. Everybody's wanting to, to move on and and get to the conference play, get to tournament play, big dance play. Uh, carry that on over and and, and round on into shape in Gainesville. Get that game under your belt, and then it's it's go time.
2: A- absolutely, and Ty Ty gives us a guy that can go get us a bucket. When you uh, you know, I understand analytics to a certain point. But basketball, I think more so than the other sports, you got to have a guy that can go get you a bucket. Like, when when the defense is tight and the pressure is up and it's not about calling a play, it's just about, do you have someone that can go get you a bucket? That is, you know, you look at the Kimball Walkers. I know not to bring that up as a Kentucky fan. But you look at a, a Kimball Walker. And... It, it it's, it's that philosophy when you have at least one guy, it's a relief to your team. And I think we've got two because Oscar is going to give you Oscar for the full 40 minutes he's out there. Mm-hmm. But is there someone else that can go get a bucket? Because, you know, as a big man, he's really dependent on a lot. But if you've got a guard or a wing that you can just put the ball in their hands when they cross half court, and say go get a bucket. That's a game changer. Uh, you know, that's what the Bulls used to do, right? Like, look, we're gonna just play if we play even for three and a half quarters, we've got this due, right? You know, the, the Lakers did it, you know, the bronze teams have done it at that point. If we can just play even, we got we got a closure that can come seal the deal and can get these pressure buckets. And Ty Ty is showing us. That he's that dude. He, he He's our Aaron Harrison, right? You know, I know uh, the 2014 team, a lot of things changed. Julius Randle played, but we had a dude. And by the time uh, Wisconsin rolled around, you're like, okay, keep it close.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Aaron's going to give us a shot. Or Brandon Knight is going to give us a shot. Or whoever uh, it is. You know, we've got a John Wall that can create something out of nothing. In And – I'm not equating tie tie quite to that level yet, obviously. But we have a dude at the collegiate level that can go get you a bucket. Uh on on top of some tried and true, the two seniors, Davion Mintz and and uh, Kellen Grady, we honored last night, yeah. that that's shown that they can
1: score. Absolutely. And it's good to see them or the- Sunday night, everybody's accustomed to the circular cutout still in effect. Everybody walks through the full crowd. Davion's parents there, family there. They were able to be pulled out of the game at the end to see the ovation. You know, you know get the thank you, applause for all their contributions. Just as always, it's cool to see that. Davion's interview day before the game, I talked to him and Jen Coleman, just him reflecting on everything. Dude's been through a lot in two years, but just how grateful they were that Kentucky even wanted me to come play here. And the fact that I'm, you know, I I think about it on the court, I'm really playing for Kentucky. So just it really meant a lot to both of those guys. And maybe because they're older, they're 24 and and been around and been mature and, and are seasoned. And, and as we all get older, we, we get more reflective on those things. So even at that level, as young as they are, they're old for college kids. They're still able to sit back and reflect and and really have a, a heartfelt appreciation for what they've been able to, to do this year. Oh,
2: I was really happy for Davion Men's because he got to see Kentucky at its worst, literally, as far as the wins and losses, as far as the lack of you know, a regular, quote-unquote, regular season. Uh, and for him to be able to relish those moments, I can't remember what game it was during the season where he hit a three to kind of to, to to stem the tide. I can't remember what game it was. Uh, he hit his three, and the crowd just roared to life, and you could see it hit him yeah. during the game. Like, oh, this is what 20,000-plus people cheering mm-hmm. for you feels like, yeah. you know. Um, as opposed to last year when those dudes were just by themselves, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and 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 so I'm glad he got to experience it, and, and Kellen Grady as well. Uh, you know, I'm sure he looks back fondly on his Davidson career, but I think he'd also be the first to tell you, Kentucky is Kentucky, and and you know, you can be a 2,000 point scorer, Davidson, and walk the streets and not get accosted, right? <laughs> You hit a big three for Kentucky. It's game changing. Like you know, we we've got to associate with folks that have won championships and hit some big shots for Kentucky history. It's it's just different. It just is.
1: It sure is. And we'll continue this conversation and more. Our guest is on here. TB man, we got a radio legend. This man started at WYLD in Nolens in 1982. Wasn't even grown yet. Seventeen years old. Wasn't even grown. And he just ended his radio career at KYOK in Houston, Texas. He hosted the Lunch Break Sports Show every single day. Got your midday started down there. In Still doing big things, even though he just fresh off retirement. And here he is with us now. We're talking about AJ himself, Andre Jones, up in here, fellow BS3er. Welcome to the show, Andre, man. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm good, buddy. I'm glad to
3: be here with y'all. Is that my watching it's messing
1: up? Am I doing that? It it was a little in and out for when we first started, just a little bit.
3: Okay. Yeah, I apologize. Um, Do me a favor, and I hate to do this because I know this is bad radio. Let me reset my mic because I didn't do that before I got started. So if you don't mind, drop me off and then you guys continue to talk. I'll be back in one second with a better mic.
1: All
2: right. I apologize. Please No, 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 not a problem. Not a problem at all.
1: Okay. Right, back. Andre Jones, man, it was, uh you know on the BS3 network, we you know got to meet a lot of people and be in here with a lot of different sports casts and shows. And uh I listened to a little bit of his show a couple times and trying to have some of the sports guys on, and they're trying to have us on, and and so uh cool to talk with Andre. And and I've got to ask him, I saw him post in the little messenger group we're in a few days ago he said a little something about Kentucky so I'm gonna ask him about it and if I forgot to mention in the intro that, that he don't even know us from Adam and he still was kind enough to come on the show right off of retirement so we bring him back the radio legend AJ Andre Jones man testing oh, one
3: two testing
1: Oh, that sounded better
3: all right, can y'all hear me? Because I cannot hear y'all. Okay, there you are. I got
1: you. I got you. Yeah, you sounding good now. Sounding okay, right.
3: okay. And I apologize. I should have had that right. Look, 40 years in radio, and I'm still messing up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you still a legend, though. You still a legend.
3: Man, through. oh, man, oh, man. I appreciate that intro, because folks are, ki- that the like, even my children are like, wait a minute. You retired? Like, y- you're too young to retire, and what are you going to do now? So... Uh, man, I'm excited about
1: what's next. We just all been in, you know, the BS3 network together with Ben Sutterth. And, you know, he reached out to us and had us in. And I heard Ben, he he posted it. He said, I'm on this show in Houston. Check me out. And he was on your show a few years ago. So I listened and Ben was on your show. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Let's see you, Ben. And then a few weeks later, so you were part of the network. I was like, oh, cool. All right. AJ's in here. And so listened a few days, missed a few episodes, come back in on Monday and you retire. I'm like, dog, what happened? I say, like, retiring? What's going on? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one of those things where I went into my program director and I told her, hey, I, you know, it'll be 40 years for me in August and I'm ready to hang it up. I'm not, I can't do anything else. I don't want to do anything else. I'm ready to do something different. And she said, well, why wait till August? I was like, child, you ain't said nothing but a word. So I started pulling out headsets and boxes and you name it, man. So the last day was this past Monday. So, again, I'm, I'm really excited, man. And uh, I'm glad to be on this show because I got a chance to check out one of your rebroadcasts. And I grew up a huge Kentucky Wildcat, uh, Wildcat fan, man. And when I saw y'all, I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right family.
1: <laughs> and that's what we
2: appreciate you hopping on,
1: yes, sir. That's what well, made me I'm... pop my eyes out. One little message you put in the chat, the messenger group, and you said, you know, like you, Dickie Bill was one of your, your guys. I was like, oh, I said, Andre, I know about Dickie Bill. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little too young, He, I can't remember back that far. I was like six, but I remember the next group of, of guards, you know, of uh, James Blackman, Roger Harden, Ed Dabby, yep. all those guys. I just can't quite go back to Dickey but I was like man AJ got to UK history I got to ask him about this when he comes on the show.
3: Well, let me tell you something man Dickey was a, was a you know you've heard the term round mound of rebound Dickey Bill was like the round mound of pushing the ball up the court man because he didn't he didn't have a basketball body but man he could get from from end court to uh in line to in line faster than most folks uh thought he could. And he knew how to dish the rocks. So uh, he had a lot of folks that knew how to get in those lanes and get in position and, and get that love from Dickey and bring it on home. So, man, the, the Wildcats were fun to watch back in those days. It was high-flying basketball with Kenny Walker, as y'all know, the Skywalker. And, uh, you know, with some some real size, they had physical guys. And then they had guys who just had that finesse. And, uh, man, guys who could jump out of the gym like Rex Chapman. When he came along and, you know, you just expect, you know, that kind of stuff going up in Cincinnati. I had a cousin that played for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats, and he hated that I was a big Wildcat fan.
1: That's <laughs> how it is. Brother. That's how it is. And look, you we got Reggie Hansen coming on at the end of the show, former former UK um, forward and center. But what you just said about Dickie Bill, you know, for everybody listening now, it's not it like he was a real before Severe Wheeler. Kind of don't have a shape, right? The rock, don't look yeah. like the, yeah. He looked
3: like he should be a football player rather than a basketball player. But again, he was short. I, I'll, I'll say this they had him listed at six feet in the program. I know good and well he might have been five, eight, five, nine. But the brother could ball and he had size, so you know, he knew how to use his fi- size to keep some position where he wasn't a defensive liability. And like I said, back then, man, there were not a lot of guys faster with the ball than he was.
1: Absolutely. Man, TB, jump in. Don't, don't be letting me just talk the whole time AJ. <laughs> no, I'm,
2: I'm enjoying it because when you when you pointed out Dickie Beal, I said, that's a deep cut because most folks know Kenny Walker, right? You know, right. he dunked contests and Rex Chapman had an NBA career. But if you go with Dickie Beal, that's just one of those. That lets you know, uh, like uh, I guess the kids say, if you know, you know. So when someone yeah. throws that out, that's that—that's what caught my attention, too. So, uh, Mr. Jones, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really do appreciate it.
3: Yeah, you know, I I, I appreciate the opportunity. And and I will tell you, my two favorite players from the Wildcats. You know, there there's a whole lot of names you could go. Dickie Beal, Dirk Mennefield. One and two. One and two. I mean, I just love the way those guys led one of the most – Blue blood blue blood programs in college basketball. You know, for those guys to be the quarterback on the court, that said a lot about them. And I was just drawn to the way that they they handled their business. And uh man, it, again, it was a lot of fun to watch back in those days.
1: The the media types, you know, we, we had Oscar Combs who who founded the Cats Pose, the, the they had the 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 magazine about Kentucky specifically, way before his time. We had him on and people who seen years and years of kentucky basketball the dirt minifield dunk against mississippi state where i mean that that it, that still holds up that's all i'm saying
3: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i uh as i was being nostalgic about my retirement i you know i started going back over some of my interviews i won't say greatest interviews but interviews and what started standing out for me were interviews where I couldn't get myself together because I was stargazing. Dirk Middlefield was one of those. I, I literally had to get out of the the kid me and try and get into the, you know, sports broadcast journalist me. But I was just I talked to Dirk Middlefield. Like I mean it was that kind of moment because, you know, again, growing up as a fan, seeing, you know, all the plays that he made, because I, I did not miss a UK game. Uh, it, it was pretty amazing.
1: Have a cousin Kentucky, you
3: have in New Orleans. You go up around Kentucky, and So, 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 my cousin that played at the University of Cincinnati was a big man, uh, Dwight Jelly Jones. And you know, Dwight wasn't just big on the basketball court. Dwight was big at the family reunions. Dwight was big when you know his mom and them brought them over to play at our house. So. I felt like I had been bullied by Dwight, you know, for a long time. So he had a disadvantage before he ever got started. But man, again, I, I grew up in a in a sports family, and my dad. I caught my dad one time watching the Kentucky Louisville game, and man, I was just like, man, who's that team in blue? Like I loved everything about them, and uh, it's it really started from there. So the 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 Cincinnati Bearcat thing was personal. But the, 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 the wildcat thing was a choice, man. I chose to love the UK Wildcats.
1: Man, unbelievable, unbelievable. Now, you you said you've done everything there is to do in radio. You checked all the boxes. Going back, to, you just reminisced. And first of all, like you said, just retired, and you could have done anything but take time to hop on here. So, again, like Terry said, we appreciate that. Oh. Uh, some of your moments, like you said, those interviews, those interactions, you know, maybe where you, you know, stargazing at dirt. But some of those other things that stand out over over 40 years of the people you talked to, the place you've been, the things you've done. What's, what's some of those great moments?
3: Well, I, I, you know, I kind of brought up my interview with Shaquille O'Neal. And first of all, he's just a mountain. He, he's, you know, he's not tall. He's not just big, he's just like a mountain, uh, but he's such a, a calming presence. That, you know, again, I, I couldn't get my thoughts together, couldn't get my words together. He had the nerve to never say, take your time, big man, take your time. And he did not walk away from me. He did not take other questions from people in the pool interview. He stayed with me until I could get myself together, something I never forgot. Uh, I look back on, on situations where I was in the pool with Kobe Bryant I wish I had made more of those moments now knowing that he is no longer with us. I wish, you know, I had pressed to get my questions answered and not just been in the pool interview. Um, You know, I look at some of the uh, players like Tom Brady. I look at Drew Brees. I got a a personal one-on-one sit down interview with Drew Brees because I was doing a show at the time called faith in sports and Drew Brees was truly Uh, a man of his faith, and they had just won the Super Bowl in New Orleans. So while everybody's getting their general questions, he sits down with me for close to 12 minutes to give me personal stuff on, you know, on on who he was and what his faith was all about. So, you know, those are things now that they meant a lot to me then, but they mean even more to me now because, you know, that's a wrap for me.
1: TBU, I'm not trying to speak for you, but we've been in some – you know, Post game press conferences, no, nothing on your level at all. But I think there's times when you're not both. And I should have asked this, I should have jumped in. And because in Lexington, you got your established dudes that's been at the her leader and the career journal for forever, they're gonna get their two questions. Jerry Tipton gonna get his two, about-
2: <laughs> or his three <laughs> or four. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna get their questions. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. We right. To kind of push in and get a little, We both ask some questions at times. And I'm like, man, I should have, I should have tried to, you know, work in there and get me a little something in there, a little more. So, I, well, I the know.
3: one thing that I will encourage you and I had a I had a colleague by the name of Juan Beltran. I remember my very first interview here in Houston in sports and I was nervous, man. I couldn't get my he's like, nah, no, bro. Your question is just as important as anybody else's in the room. So he taught me, you know, and kind of really pushed me to. You know, to not pull back. But I will tell you, you first of all, you will never know when it's over. And second of all, you'll never know when that person that you're interviewing, you might not get to interview them again. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss that. I mean, don't be rude. Don't be disrespectful. But just know your question is just as important as anybody's in the room. Don't miss that opportunity because you never know if you'll get it again.
1: TV, well, I think I cut you off. man. I well, I'm
2: that. That, That's been I think my, my biggest challenge in that situation is ask the question you know uh like you 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 wouldn't be in the position to ask the question if you weren't going to have good questions right like you if you're credentialed you're just the same as the the people from espn so Correct. so ask your question uh but the difficulty as you touched on is sometimes you got to take off the fan hat and get to the business of asking questions you got to right. say you know okay all right, you're Shaquille O'Neal, but here's here's what I want to talk about. You you know, Drew Brees, you just won the Super Bowl. So that that you know, and and for me doing it from this side cuz everybody especially on social media, you hear somebody ask a question like that's a dumb question or whatever. And the challenge is it's not as easy as you think. Right. Like it's not as easy as people think to be on the radio and make a career out of it. Like it's not easy. It's not easy to do. So folks that have done it for as long as you have, I tip my hat because we only do this kind of as a as a part time kind of thing. But to do it full time, I tip my hat because it's definitely not as easy as I thought it was when I was sitting on Twitter, you know, 10 years ago. Vinny. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I had to learn that myself the hard way just because other people that came before us made it look easy doesn't mean that it really was. And like I said, you gotta, you gotta get your thoughts together. You already you know, know the questions that have been asked, so you don't wanna repeat a question unless there's follow-up value to it. So you, know, you wanna make sure that you're asking relevant questions, uh, impactful questions, but then the, here's the thing that I had to learn was I don't have to ask the same questions that ESPN or Fox or you know, somebody else is asking. I need to ask the questions that my listeners want to know, and 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 it took me a while to get to that point. I was working uh, when I just retired for a black-owned, black-operated radio station, and if I didn't ask questions with them at my in mind, their questions would have never gotten asked, let alone gotten answered. And that was a that was a switch for me. I had to you know put my mind on the hearts and the thoughts of. Of my listenership and and ask questions that I thought would be valuable to them, regardless of what people on Twitter said or on social media. Because there are plenty of times I even got pulled aside by the media relations people and said, hey, listen, some of your questions that you're asking are are more of those of a fan and not as a journalist. I said, well, I'm asking them for the fans as a journalist. Mm. And then they started to realize, hey, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And 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 I stuck to that until the day I walked out. And listen, if I do an interview now, I'll do that with my listenership and my fan base in mind.
1: I guess and I'm not I'm not trying to brag because look, you've been been around and talked to everybody and, and interacted with so many people. But for us, we we're proud of the guests that we've had. We we've had Roy Wood Jr. on here, we've had Sinbad on here, Kenny Walker, yo know, Dan Issa, stuff like that. I guess we need to approach asking questions in a press conference setting is the same way do we do as when it comes to getting a guest. Cause my approach, all they can say is no, and I I don't have a problem trying to reach out to a guest, but then getting a press conference and I'm like, I don't know if I should that, but, you know, we, go we're turning this into a workshop, Vinny. <laughs>
2: <We're> t- <laughs> <laughs> and look, I'm here
3: taking notes too. Like, okay, yeah, let there let is me give, a difference let me, let me between a person interview and a pool interview. There is definitely a difference, and and you got to pose it as such. But, you know, again, you have listeners, you have viewers, you have followers, you have people that they find you, they look for you so that they can get the kind of content that you put out. Don't forget about them. Don't don't forget about them. And, and, and they might not be the people with check marks behind their name. They might not be the people with millions of followers, but they are the people that saw something or heard something from you that was so good. It made them come back. Don't forget about them. Don't forget about them when you're talking to the Danisles and when you're talking to the Kenny Skywalkers, because, you know, first of all, those folks saw something in you and decided, yeah, I, yeah, I got I got a moment for a few questions. Hmm. And you've got it on both sides. They see something in you, and there are other people that are looking for something from you. Make sure you ask those questions with them in mind.
2: You hey, he, sound like Mama B right now. I sound like my mom when I told her, you know, some of our guests, she said, just talk to them like you you've been talking for years and years. So... Yeah, we and that's literally
3: what 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 Shaq and Dr. Julius Irving did. What we're doing right now with me uh, during the NBA All Star Weekend down here in Houston when they had it a few years ago. And he literally leaned over to he could have said it loud and embarrassed me, but he literally leaned over to me and said, "You might want to ask these kind of questions when we're here for this event, and I can give you some of the general questions that you're looking for." And I didn't get offended. I didn't think, oh, I've been in radio for all this time. How dare him? This is Dr. J. Y- yes, sir. No problem. And 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 got right back to it.
2: Absolutely. You got to soak up uh, good information wherever you get it, especially if it's from Dr. J. Especially okay. From Dr. J. <laughs> 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 Look, one of the
3: worst interviews I've ever
1: done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now you know, been, when when been... we talk about questions, too, is depending on your subject, I have found the challenge to be you got to ask questions that nobody else is asking. Yeah. Our first big guest was Cameron Mills that hit the shot against Duke in 98. Yeah. We had him on, and I said, he have ta- he's talked about that shot for 20 years at that point. Right. I- I've got, there's nothing else he can give us for that moment. So I think, Vinny, we ended up talking about the game as a whole and the comeback and he was able to paint that picture related to the current team and it was beautiful but we had to go in like you can't ask the same question right you yep. know like yep. michael michael jordan has talked probably talked about that shot against uh, uh utah there's no more angles to that you've got right. to, you've got to come from a different uh point of view yeah uh, because that's what people want to hear and they've got their answers built in well you know the play was this we did you got to do something where they kind of you don't make them uncomfortable. You don't make the interviewee uncomfortable, but you get them in a space they have probably haven't been in it before. And right. that's always been the challenge for the folks we have on.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking about Kermit Washington. I got a chance to interview him for a Black History Month show. He has answered the question about that uh, punch and Rudy Tomjanovich you know, a million times. What I asked him was, What about that scenario was untold? What about that scenario do you wish more people knew? And here is a very guarded and low-toned man who literally lit up like a little kid. Mm -hmm. And it felt like for once he got to tell his full side of the story. And again, that's one of the most historic moments in sports where you're now getting some information That may not have even been out there before. Oh, man, I tell you what, brother, I felt like I'd hit the lottery that day. I I really do. That's one. I'm so glad it was recorded because I'm able to go back and and play that clip back time and time again. But those are the moments that you want to have where you can do something that not everybody else uh, can do, ask or get out of one of your guests.
1: We got. I got your new social media scrolling across the ticker, so everybody watches it. Jones Media and Int for Entertainment. Uh, where can we find? Because we just come in on the tail end of your career. Where can we find some of these archive interviews and, and interactions and and you know, past shows and things where you know you you've just been telling us about.
3: Yeah, the majority of them are on uh, the lunch break Facebook page. So if you're on Facebook, you can just go to at lunch break, and I think it's at lunch break k y o k. And then uh, I also have a good number of them on YouTube as well, and it's under the lunch break with AJ Jones. So um, I, I don't delete much. Uh, content is key. So you know, if it's something that I want to, say, I'll download it and keep it on a on a on a backup. Uh, this, but. The the majority of that stuff is still out there, and I'm grateful for it. Very grateful. for
1: it. As you should be. They down there in Houston. I'm a I'm a Rockets fan, so I'm suffering this season. I've been a I've been a Rockets fan since, you know, I was a Hawks fan. Nick was my guy, but when they traded him for Danny Manning, that was it. And Olajuwon was my second <laughs> favorite player. I've been a Rockets fan ever since. You're down there in Houston. Who does everybody you know? The fans. Everybody in the city. Who are they more optimistic about happening? The, the Rockets getting it turned around or the Texans?
3: Now, now the Texans is almost a bad word. The Texans is almost like cussing, so okay. you know, be careful who you say that around. It's definitely the Rockets. They're young, um, they're exciting. You know, for the first time since Yao Ming, the team has been a full rebuild, and they don't have a James Harden or a Tracy McGrady. Uh, or someone like that to build around. So they're literally building around a young backcourt, a young frontcourt, and most of the guys on the bench have Similac dripping off their ears as well. So (laughs) it's it's tough to watch, but it's fun to watch because you get moments and glimpses of just how good this young core can be. So, yeah, it's by far more people are excited about the Rockets because they even got a young head coach too. Uh, and Steven Silas. So uh, I just hope that Tillman Fertitta gives them the time to get everything in place and, and really begin to compete again. If I if I had my magic wand, I'd wave some better defense over all of them, because to me, you don't have to be a veteran to play good defense. But boy, they they pretty much allergic to it. So um, but on, on the Texans side, I uh, I'm excited about Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith is the guy I've had the opportunity to sit down with when he was in Chicago had the opportunity to sit down with him when he was up at University of Illinois and he's a great guy. He hired one of my interns as the first black woman to be on a coaching staff in the Big 10. And she's all of 22 years old. So, I think really highly of Lovey. If anybody can turn that mess around down there, it's Lovey Smith. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> um TB man, jump in there because you know I'm I'm trying to hog it.
2: I know I'm soaking all this up. I got my notes and everything. Like I said, we turned this into a, 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 a sports media symposium. Didn't didn't mean or symposium. Didn't mean to do that, but when we got somebody with your experience on here, I'm gonna get what I can get. You know,
3: yeah. man. Iron <laughs> t- Iron Sharpens Iron, man, and I mean that sincerely. I am a big fan of what you all do. I mean, literally, when I saw the show for the first time, it literally sparked. You know, 20, 30 years of, of memories for me uh, just in my time of covering uh, watching. I, I I can't even say I covered them, but of watching the U.K. Wildcats. And, and, and you know, some people hate when I say this, especially from that area. But one of my favorite coaches of all time is Tubby Smith. And the fact that he was there as a head coach, man, I it just didn't get any better than that for me.
2: And, and that's been our niche as well. Is We're two black guys talking about Kentucky sports, which. Nope is it is an outlier in any, I think any market for any team, but for Kentucky, because there's always still the ghost of Rupp and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the two of us, we've been doing this for going on nine years. Really? Wow. yeah, uh, eight,
1: yeah nine? About eight,
2: eight, nine years, something like mm-hmm. that. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I try to soak up as much information as I can from folks like yourself and, And my mom and and, and Vinnie's parents have been supportive as well. So uh, we certainly. I I can say
3: this. I'm proud of y'all, man. Nine years of doing this. And like you said, you're up in an area where you don't find that too often. I've got a real good pastor brother friend of mine that has a church not too far from UK. And uh, I tell him all the time, as soon as you're ready to retire, let me know, man, because I love to be a pastor near the University of Kentucky, man. That would be a (laughs) dream come true. Look, if you're ever looking for a good church service, Consolidated Baptist Church, Pastor Richard Gaines, his little brother said hello.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one more thing, too, I'm going to ask you, I heard you a little bit today on the show, and... Tell the listeners, man, because it's March Madness, and and you're gonna be giving money away. So let's go, go tell everybody about what you got going on. with that, Aj, All right. <laughs> Brother, Let me
3: tell you, for like about the last four years, we've been giving away five hundred dollars. In fact, one year we gave away over a thousand. But we're giving away five hundred dollars uh, with the March Madness Lunch Break Pick'em Challenge, and you know it's not hard if you got a free subscription with uh, CBS Sports. Uh, You can get it with it with an email address and a password free. No, no, don't cost you nothing. Uh, I'll send out a link to anybody interested. There's no fee to get in it or anything like that. You just fill out a bracket, submit it. It'll be on the challenge ladder. You'll see where you rank against everybody else. And at the end of the tournament, somebody's going to get $500 cash. Again, no purchase necessary. If you pick them right, you will feel right because you'll get $500 cash. Last season, it came down to that Baylor-Gonzaga game, and uh, one guy thought he was going to have it, but then Baylor won, and out of the blue, one of my frat brothers won it, so it's a lot of fun, man. Folks, even people who don't really like sports have gotten involved, and uh, again, you win $500 cash, that's good money anytime you think about it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. That's all I'm saying. then. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Look, and as long as you're not a relative or a family member, you can participate. So I'll be sending you guys the the, the link to be on the on, on the challenge as well.
1: Yeah, can't wait to jump in there, Jones media and entertainment on instagram and facebook is that gonna be twitter too or
3: so we are i I dropped off of twitter for a little while we're on youtube right now we're on twitch and we're of course with bs3 on uh on roku uh what i want to do is get everything fully built out so that you know we'll be in our studio and everything like that but You know, I'm really excited about being, uh, you know, an owner and operator and, and somebody who helps other people produce great content like what you guys are putting out there on a regular basis.
2: Well, you've already helped us. You've already done. Like I said, you've done a little workshop for us. So, you know, just because we've been doing it for a little bit doesn't mean we can't do it better. So I certainly appreciate those nuggets. I take them wherever I can get them. Yeah, not a problem guys again y'all just don't know i'm
3: honored you guys you guys have satisfied a childhood dream i got to talk about my team so thank y'all for allowing me to be a part of the show
2: you see i got back i got my kentucky stuff up i'm i'm always i'm always ready <laughs> i gotta get a better virtual background man
1: <laughs> kenny walker autograph pick and speaking of cameron mills got jojo kemp got the kentucky back got it yeah we got the
3: yeah, you got everything, Vinny. I see you. Now, man. now, now, now Vinnie. Let me just say this, bro. I've been saved all my life. Every now and then, I get a little homesick. If that picture, that autographed picture is missing, it is well at my house. Okay, it is well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see you, man. I Here I see you, you <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I wouldn't get mad at you, man. I feel you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me hold it for a little while. Now. I'm gonna give it back. I'm gonna give it back. I'll <laughs> be like,
1: i be <laughs> like, Bob <Walmart laughs> pictures. <laughs> <laughs> man, AJ, we are honored, man. We are honored. Yes, you just, you just retired. You, you transitioning from forty years of radio to still lunch breaking and doing your thing in the other areas. You just went a different direction, and you still took time to hop on here, man. And in the midst all of that, and 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 hop on our show, we can't thank you enough, for real, man. We, we man, I I'm,
3: I'm honored. I really am honored. I hope to see UK do really, really well in the tournament, man. Look, send send Coach K off without some 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 hardware that he needs to pack up. That's what they need to do.
1: That's what I'm talking about. You were talking about how shady he was today. Shady Mike, just go on, it's go on out of here. Just get on that. Shady? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we know. <laughs> man, AJ, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much.
3: Gentlemen, thank sure. y'all. Hope to talk to y'all again soon.
1: Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All righty. Andre Jones, lunch break for and other things. Forty years on regular radio, now he's moving to YouTube and Twitch and Instagram and that dude, man, he is he is something else.
2: Yeah, that that was that was uh, fantastic. Like I said, anytime we can get some some nuggets of information uh, from folks that have been doing a long time, but like I said, you know, I, I think I've tried to explain to people because. Uh, some friends of all are, are starting shows of their own, right? I think Kentucky yeah. as a, as, a, as, a, as a fandom has more fan podcasts than anybody else. And, yeah,
1: Arizona, they just started one. Yeah, yeah,
2: but 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 their their take is they're they're talking Kentucky sports plus like bourbon.
1: Yeah, so they can be, be boys bourbon and sports. We got girls beer and sports. They can be boys bourbon and sports.
2: But, right, and and, and we in one of those little chat rooms, and I just said, look. Uh, you know, we had Matt Sack on of Courtside Connect a, a couple of weeks ago. I just said, be be yourself because what works for Stephen A only works because he's Stephen A, right? Like how Jim Rome does it is different. Everybody's got to do their own thing. And then uh, be consistent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we've been doing this for, I mean, it's got to be close to nine years, right? Yeah, if, uh, 2013 14, Yeah, yeah, because it was after the championship. But we, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of our shows are better than the others, but we still keep going. You know, every week. You know, uh, considering we do what forty nine shows a, week, a year, something like that. We don't take too yeah. many weeks off. So
1: yeah, too many. Sure uh,
2: you know, they haven't all been great, but I've had fun doing
1: them. Yeah, me too, man. Me too absolutely been a been a blast like you say back when it was just me and you talking to when we get people listening and a bunch of people retweeting and interacting and yeah it's it's been great and uh that was just great and we got we got Adam Jacoby coming that's gonna be great and Reggie Hanson so this this one this was gonna write right up there so uh because your trip to Iowa City man I can't wait to to dive into that with him, uh, yes, she knocked us out of tournament last year. But hey, you gotta gotta give her her flowers because she is down there doing big things for the Hawkeyes, and I'm I'm glad you got to go up there and or down there, whichever direction Iowa City is from Des Moines to the to the home. west.
2: If okay. you ever look at Iowa, Des Moines is probably right in the center, and Iowa City is between Des Moines and the Mississippi River. Okay. Okay. Or to the east. I'm sorry, I said to the west. It's to the it's to the east. So it's in between uh, those two. Yeah. So Adam's getting set up. But basically, what happened was maybe I guess a month ago, Adam has been nice enough to take me to a couple of Drake Bulldogs games of the MVC. We went and saw Loyola of Chicago with Sister Jean, who was there. <laughs> uh, somebody said that her sister is somewhere in Iowa. So she always comes to Iowa for the or to Drake for the road game because she sees her sister. Hmm. So we saw Loyola Chicago, who I think was ranked at the time, and hmm. then the second game we went was Northern Iowa, which is uh, Ali farouk Namesh, who put Kansas out yeah. uh, in the twenty thirteen or fourteen uh, uh, NCA tournament. And also had that breakdown. Remember, they were up like nine points on Texas A&M with 30 seconds left. The game went in overtime and they lost. One of the cheers at Drake was Texas A&M. I'm thinking, that's <laughs> random. Then it was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, when he comes on, we'll talk about it. You know, as Kentucky fans, we get kind of – it. Our goals are different. Like I said earlier, it's kind of if we if we catch Auburn for the championship, great. If mm-hmm. not, also great. Like, but but seeing it from a different perspective, seeing you know the the, the college game where winning your conference it it means something, right? It's it's a, it's a it's a big deal, and honestly, it's a big deal for Kentucky. It just happens a lot, right? so your perspective is different these are programs that hey making the tournament is a big deal drake made the tournament last year for the first time in, i don't know 10 or 12 years something like that and even though it was a weird covid year there was a buzz to it it mm-hmm. it means something it means something different uh you know we at the game on sunday with Iowa women they cut down the nets and i'm thinking i don't know if i i, I asked uh tina cox uh <laughs> yesterday has con- I don't remember Kentucky ever cutting down the nets for a regular season championship.
1: No, yeah.
2: you know it's pretty much, you know, if they win it, you know, cats, you know, win final score, you know, they won their 48th SEC championship, drive home safe, like yeah. that, you know, and it, and it's just like, but when you think about you're winning your conference, these are the teams you play all the time mm-hmm. that know you better than anything, and you're and you're beating them, it is a big deal. It mm. really is, you know, and, and, you know, I laugh about the 511 times that we've won, and it is 49 officially, but, uh, you know, it's it's different and unique seeing it from...
1: Another perspective. That's right. Exactly right. So that's... You put it like that. TV froze up a little bit. When you put it like that, just... To see it how uh, uh, another school, from their point of view, uh, that's definitely, uh, definitely cool. So definitely cool y'all got to go down there. Looking forward to talking to Adam about it. TB froze up for just a second. We'll get TB back on here. And I see Adam in the green room. We'll get TB back as well because they've been waiting to hear about this trip, this trek, and, and the weekend y'all had. Glad it was able to happen. Uh, thanks again to Andre Jones. Wait for TB to come back to bring Adam Jacoby on. Uh, we enjoyed that conversation. We got Adam Jacoby coming up here in just a second, literally momentarily. And then we got former UK forward, center, uh, Reggie Hansen coming up to close us out. So we got three big-time guests. TB froze up a little bit. Everybody knows how it is on the Zoom, the StreamYard streets. It happens. It's just part of it. You know, ever since COVID hit, we had these kind of little things. Get TB back in here. And we got our guest in the green room now, TB2, let you introduce our man.
2: Not not just a guest, but uh, he's become a friend of mine. I think we text uh, throughout the weeks and everything like that. Uh, he, he is, I, I gotta get the specifics, but I think he's the running things that go Iowa. Awesome. It's my main man, Adam Jacoby. We had our little road trip on Sunday that, uh, I was really thankful to, to, to be on. I'm glad we got to do that. So bringing him on, like I said, he's, he's come to the house. He's brought my dog treats. We, we, right. we, we, uh, uh you know, uh, dined a few places in Des Moines, so yeah, he's he's made this transition from Kentucky to Iowa a whole lot more palatable. My main man, Adam Jacoby, thanks for joining us, Adam. Gentlemen,
4: so good to see you guys again. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, and uh, yeah, Terry, uh, it's been uh, a delight to have you up here in Des Moines. Um, Terry's a good dude. Everybody, uh, he didn't he didn't even pay me to say that, but. Um, <laughs> He's a good dude down to the core. Uh, I'm super happy to uh, have him up here. He makes the city of Des Moines, the state of Iowa, a better place. Wow. I mean that.
2: Well, there, there we go. I was telling before you came on, Adam, that uh, you've been nice enough to take me. We've been to Drake games, uh, mm-hmm. which have been – both games have been really well. The Northern Iowa went to overtime. Yep. I yep. think. And, they- and So we've seen some really, really good basketball teams that – These are the teams you don't want to play. If you're a a Kentucky or Arizona, you don't want to play because these are the teams, if you get down eight or nine points, make it really difficult to get back into the game. So,
4: but I've enjoyed watching watching Drake basketball. Yeah, and and they're the type of teams that, there, there's really no upside to playing them in the tournament, right? Because the way that this whole thing is set up and with the strength of schedule that you get in a you know a Missouri Valley uh, conference or you know, similar type of mid-majors, they're gonna end up at, you know, an eleven seat, a twelve seat, a thirteen seed. So you, you look at it on paper and you're like, well, all right, this this should be a win. Um, but like you said, these are uh, especially when they're playing at a high level, uh, you know, they're the, the type of team that stays up there at the top of the uh, standings for most of the year. They're going to be senior heavy. And those are the sorts of teams that cause a lot of chaos in March. And, like, yeah, it's embarrassing to lose, you know, to a 13 seed when you're a four. You, you know, you've got higher aspirations than that. But, buddy, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> we we see it. You know, we we, we got to witness it. And obviously there's some things that separate the blue bloods, the Kentuckys, the high majors from, you know, teams like this, but boy, you catch them on the wrong day. And uh, not only might it be an upset, it might not be close.
2: Right. And we've seen uh, Northern Iowa send Kansas home uh, recently. <laughs> and, some other. That's right. and we've seen Loyola send some teams home of recent vintage. So uh, beware the MVC. So, I wanted to have you on because it was kind of a fluke thing. I guess about a month ago, I was watching ESPN, as I mm-hmm. often do. And I saw, you know, I had heard Caden Clark's name. Obviously, she played well, uh, led the Hawkeyes to put in the Wildcats uh, out of the women's tournament last year. Heard Caden Clark, you see some of those numbers, but I actually watched like her highlight package. And as soon as it got done, might have been nine o'clock, might have been 10 o'clock at night. I text Adam and I'm like, we need to go see her play. And he's like, Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, that that sounds great. And we we go, he gets the tickets, and then probably like the week later, it's an official sellout. So I don't want to steal your thunder here, Adam, but talk about just as an Iowa fan, as an Iowa native, what is it about? this particular team and Caitlin Clark. And what did Sunday mean to you basically?
4: Uh, well, oof. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, so, so one of the things about being an Iowa fan, especially recently and, and a fan of basketball by whoever plays it uh, is we've been really, really blessed recently uh, within the last five years, we've had uh big 10 players of the year, um, Kathleen Doyle ended up in the WNBA. Megan Gustafson won uh, Player of the Year and was runner-up the year prior to that. Um, Got her number retired immediately. Only the second Iowa women's player to have her number retired. And on the men's side, uh, you know, Luca Garza, two years of first-team All-American play. And uh, this year, uh, Keegan Murray looks like he's going to be in that conversation as well, uh, almost a lock for first-team. All-American. I, I'm not sure he's going to get there in terms of uh, even Big Ten Player of the Year, much less nationally, just because the Big Ten is loaded this year. But you know, all in all, when we're talking about individual um, accomplishments and uh, and honors that go along with that, it's sort of the golden age for Hawkeye basketball, even though it hasn't necessarily translated into Final Fours on either side. Uh, of the court. So hopefully we're going to see that change within the next couple of years or so. Uh, you know, whether it's the women or men who do it first, we'll see. Uh, but, but yeah, this is, um, you know, it, and in, especially at a school that doesn't have, let's say, um, 40 SEC championships or conference championships or anything <laughs> like that. Like, like we, we know were all the uh, conference trophies that have ever been awarded to Iowa <laughs> basketball, we know where those are. <laughs> we, we never lost. Those. Uh, uh, and, and even through all that, even though like we've probably seen uh, some of the best players to ever wear an Iowa uniform, uh, an Iowa basketball uniform, Caitlin Clark is sort of a one of one. She is, uh, I mean, I think the obvious comparison with her is uh, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, you know, who came out of Oregon, uh, went first in the WNBA draft, immediately got deals with Nike. Uh, You see her on those State Farm commercials standing next to Chris Paul. And like she was getting those deals while she was still injured with like a bad, bad sprained ankle, right? Like she got up there on height. Well, I I shouldn't say height because she accomplished a super amount at Oregon. But She leveraged that into superstardom straight away in the NBA. And Caitlin Clark seems like the sort of player that is going to be able to do that at Iowa as well. Uh, You know, her her highlights are, um, I mean, honestly, they're making Iowa cool, like Iowa basketball cool, in a way that really hasn't been done in about the last 30 years or so. I mean, you, you, you got to go back at minimum to, like, Ricky Davis, who was there for one season, wow. or A.C. Earl, or you want to go back to, you know, B.J. Armstrong, Kevin Gamble, Roy, you know, Roy... Like, that's how far back we're going. There's people who are watching the show who are like, who are those people? Because <laughs> they're too young. They're too young. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking it back to the 80s. That's how far back you have to go. Um, but, like, LeBron is mentioning her on his Instagram, um, Kevin Durant on his podcast, John, or uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, John Morant is tweeting about her. Like, those are the biggest of the big names in yeah. professional basketball. Trey Young was like, like he, he hopped on Twitter and said, can't say nothing when they go in. And like she, I, Terry, I told you while we were sitting at that game, my comp with her is Trey Young she is like Caitlin is one of those like super fierce competitors who is happy to be the villain. Yeah. Happy to do it. (laughs) She, she, she works the refs like Tom Izzo. If someone wants to say anything to her, she'll say it right back to him. Like it's, it's kind of fun to watch. I'm glad we have her.
2: (laughs) And, And, you know, watching the game Vinny, I mean, my mental comp is, is Anthony Davis. Like, you know, Kentucky, we've, had, we've been blessed with a lot of great players, right? But when you've got someone who is head and shoulders above everybody else on the court, and everybody knows it, everybody sitting there knows it. Including her. She knows Yes, it and, and she yeah. knows it. And I hate to quote Jimmy Dykes, but she's got that gravity. Like, a lot of plays that she makes is that LeBron, you know, kind of Magic Johnson-like, she's anticipating what the help defense is going to do. And she gets a lot of hockey assists. Like she makes the play that shifts the defense makes the pass. So the other person can make the pass and get the assist. That is a different level of basketball and playmaking that it's one of those things. Again, I hate to be wrote, but you can't teach it. You can't teach it. And, you know, just what, cause I think, uh, Against Michigan, they started slow. Michigan was up, like nine points, ten points early. Yeah, it was double digits. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you know, everybody has a bad game, and then all of a sudden, it's like a switch flipped, and she she figured out what they were doing, and you know, when you got someone shooting from the logo, and it ain't, it's not like a a heave shot, like it's a shot, and then it goes in, like it changes everything. They're rotating their defense, like. And from where we were to watch it, I'm like, this is this is unbelievable, you know. And then when you, you can see someone hunting for those shots, it's very Steph Curry. Like it's demoralizing when you have to guard that far away from the basket, and it's a legit shot. Like it's it's the most amazing thing. It's it, it's pretty much when you know when your kids are playing ball, and there's the one kid that's better than everybody else, and just knows it. And just picks their spot, and she's doing this against a top ten team, that was mind blowing to me. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. Like I enjoy good basketball. She put on, she put on a show. Could have gone for fifty, like could oh, like, totally.
4: But she didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter. <laughs> didn't take a single shot in the fourth. Still ended up with thirty eight.
1: Oh, uh, here's my question. Like, she's from Des Moines. Went to high school there. Was she? Was she a high school legend? Was she leading them to the state championships? And second, was there was there ever a doubt she was going to anywhere but Iowa? Or who else was in the mix on the recruitment?
4: She was a top 10 or top five recruit in the nation. Everybody knew who Caitlin Clark was. And it was it was almost a shock that she stayed in state because UConn was after her, like. Imagine her and Paige Bukers or Buckers, Beckers, <laughs> imagine them in the same backcourt. Like, that's up, that's up there with Burton Tarassi playing yeah. on the same UConn teams. Yeah. Like, it, it would have been that nasty. And the difference of it is, uh, Iowa has a coach, Lisa Bluter, who's been there for about two decades now, uh, has had the same associate head coach, and, um, and her name's Jan Jensen. Her name is up in the rafters at Drake, Terry. Um, And and she also runs all the recruiting for Iowa. Uh, And so one of the things that the coaching staff did was um, they actually flew to Thailand because Caitlin's family was there on a mission and kept recruiting her over there. And that was sort of the difference maker. Like, Oh no, no, no. Like, we're not we're not doing this for basketball reasons alone like we we really 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 want you caitlin clark to be on this program like you are our number one priority like everything's going to revolve around you we're flying across the pacific ocean to prove it and that was sort of the difference maker Wow. because really she could have named wherever she wanted to go to college uh notre dame uh unsurprisingly uh oh also should mention that the school that she went to here in a Catholic school. So like, and, and, and it's not just because it's also the most well-funded school in <laughs> central Iowa, although that helps quite a bit. But no, I mean, like that, that, that really is sort of central to uh, how her and or, or, yeah, how she and her family operate. So uh, the fact that Iowa was able to get her to go to a secular school uh, to play basketball is in and of itself its own little upset. Uh, but, you know, it it really, really helps, really helps that she grew up in uh, University of Iowa's backyard. Because I'm telling you, if she came from Chicago, Twin Cities, um, we're not having this discussion about an Iowa Hawkeye. We're just not. Mm. And it was a great environment. It was, like I said,
2: Vinny, it was a sellout. Uh, those folks were excited. It was my first time in Carver Hawkeye uh to see saw bj armstrong's uh name up there in the banners and uh or in the rafters and everything and the one thing i like is what you see more on the women's side than the men's side there are a lot of families there that yeah. were that were taking this in and the conversation behind us was basically what you had said adam i think the dad was saying like this is this is as good as it's you know it's gonna that it's been and it probably will be you have to appreciate that yeah. and What I was saying before you came on is, you know, when we look at, you know, after the game, they win the championship, they're cutting down the nets. It's a whole big thing. And it should be winning your conference should be something. But in our neck of the woods, you want a conference championship. Like, you know, okay, like. You know, yeah, I yeah, think yeah,
4: skip it. to the good stuff. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I get it. It's like the blessing, the curse of being a blue blood where a lot of really good players and really good teams get forgotten. Well, cause you didn't get to the final four, right? You didn't, you didn't do that. Even if you want all this other stuff. So going to Drake, going to Iowa city, it's fun seeing things from a different perspective because it's made me more appreciative of what we have in Kentucky. Like this stuff, it's great. It's hard to do. And we've done it a lot. Like that's, that's my takeaway. But one thing I want you to focus on, Adam, in light of the Juwan Howard, uh, uh, Wisconsin pressing when you're down a lot kind of thing, please explain to Vinny and everybody what we saw when Michigan on the women's side was down by about 25, 26 points and kind of walk us, through that little scenario. I texted Vinny about it a little bit, but I want you to describe it for
4: us. All right, so uh, so the game was actually still pretty close. Uh, Iowa was only up by about eight or so, about halfway through the third quarter. Officiating's getting a little bit dicey. The fouls are getting a little bit chippy, and it was sort of the situation where, especially with the top 10 team, you're like, oh, this is, this is how the lead evaporates, right? Like, this is how Michigan, you know, reestablishes control of the game. And then Clark goes off. She's hitting three after three. Like, Iowa makes its big push, extends the lead to about 20, and keeps it that way for most of the fourth quarter, again, to the point where Clark doesn't even need to take a shot, right? So the party's on, and um, Iowa takes Clark out with two and a half minutes left in the game. It's like a 22-point game at this point, and it's functionally over. Everybody knows it's over. But Michigan sees that Iowa has taken Clark out of the game. And so the backup point guard a senior. On senior day, Michigan ends up like triple-teaming her at half court, uh, daring the officials who want to get out of there as much as everybody else does at this point. Um, Triple-team, like, strips the ball away in, in something that, if the game were still competitive, would have been called a foul. But if You know, it's another one of those, like, I dare you to blow the whistle while you're trying to get out of here sort of situation. They get a run out. It's a foul. And immediately after after Caitlin Clark has gotten her curtain call, Mm -hmm. Bluter sends her right back out. (laughs) (laughs) And I I don't know, like, I don't know how much uh, experience you guys had with dogs and puppies and all that. But if you've ever seen a grown like adult dog with a puppy and the puppy's starting to get a little too rough with it, and all the dog has to do is one thing, but like, like just to set it in its place a little bit like, <laughs> just to remind who the big dog in the room is. And Clark back out. She and the Michigan defense immediately backs off. Like no more press. Yeah. Clark still beats him down the court, gets to the free throw line, hits a couple free throws. Iowa takes her back out, and the message was: if you want this to get ugly, you got to remember who can get ugly here, right? Yeah, and and like I've never seen one coach check another like that. Like it, it's been a while. Where, yeah. where where you take somebody back off the court not because the game's in doubt, but just to be like. We got we're offering you some sportsmanship. You should take it. Yeah.
2: Oh, I see what this is. We're yeah. not having this yeah. again. We're not we're no. not doing this. Because I kept saying I was like, why is Michigan pressing? Like, is that something like you know, in their school charter? Like, we gotta make this uglier than it needs to be. But when Clark got it, she got the ball at half court. In Michigan, just I'm telling you, they're like, "All right, you're right, you're right, you're right, we good." Because she's like, "I'll start pulling. I haven't taken a shot, but I can. This can get to 30 in a hurry." So it was, it was, it was, it was really, really good. We had a good time, you know. Like I said, it was about an hour or so, uh, uh, hour and a half there. But it was, it was great. Uh, Can't wait to in the fall do some more Iowa stuff. Since apparently we're gonna be here in Iowa for. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! <laughs> <laughs> hey.
4: Yeah, no, the, uh, the, the football experience is fun, too. I got to get you to do a wrestling meet as well, because I, I got to tell you, for as fun as that environment was uh, that we saw, the hottest crowds in Carver Hawkeye Arena are wrestling every it, single time.
2: It, it's different here, Vinny. They just had the high school tournament, and it had its own section of the news. You know how they have like reporters and stuff live at the uh, 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 the boys and girls sweet sixteen in Kentucky. I mean, they were interviewing high school wrestlers, and I'm like, okay, like I can get with it. You know, I wrestled in high school, but didn't nobody ask me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, granted, I was not at the state (laughs) state. Let let me be very clear, but uh, but still, it's, it's different. So, I definitely look forward to doing that.
1: I think it was the – you you were mentioning – you talked about Union County a couple weeks ago. I think they need to be – if they could be transported to Iowa, because I think they just won the state again in Kentucky, Terry, and it's like their 14th wrestling state championship. They just passed Woodford County for the most in Kentucky. And I think you you said that you were out there and Seneca went to Union County, and they were booing y'all. I think – thought sure you said it was Union County.
2: It was Union County. We got booed. It was like a WWF thing from way back when because we were the big city school. And in Louisville, nobody cared about wrestling. It was nothing but parents in the stands, right? But we went there, and they had cheerleaders for wrestling and, and, and posters and banners. And I'm like, what the hell is it? Like, <laughs> that was a little discombobulating, but it's different. But we're definitely looking forward to to. Uh, when wrestling season rolls back around, mm-hmm. and fingers crossed, field hockey—that's right, because mm-hmm. because because a, a big miss is going to start doing the field hockey stuff. But Adam, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, where can we find uh, where can we find you on the world wide web?
4: Well, uh, I, I I firmly believe that social media is a disease. So. You're not going to find me on many of those uh, other than Instagram, and I only use that to check dogs. But uh, if you want to find uh, where we're doing our business, where we're talking about the Hawkeyes, you can go to goiowaawesome.com. And uh, the front page of that is pretty much exclusively Caitlin Clark at the moment. But, you know, you you, you write about what people want to talk about. So um, uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. Uh, Thank you for not having Wondale Robinson ruin this day too. Uh, and, uh hopefully hopefully we can uh we can meet you guys in the bowl game again awfully soon because that was a whole lot of fun
2: well like like we said as we were driving either to or from kentucky and i wouldn't played anything for the longest time and all of a sudden i get engaged the women's basketball teams play the football teams play for the first time ever softball vinny played you know a week or so ago a bunch of the bracketologists have uh i was the seven to r2 seed this is this is too much i'm trying to have a happy home here
4: hey. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's past the point of coincidence at this point like we uh we're finally finally linking up
2: and, and you know how sweet my my lovely wife is adam it was a little mm-hmm. dicey during that football game let me just be honest i'm cheering oh, yeah. G not like hey i'm trying to have a happy home here because it's i well, you can't be putting me out in the elements here
4: hey hey it was 70 degrees today i had my windows open you don't get that in february very often here
2: oh yeah it was great it was great adam thank (laughs) you so much i'm sure we'll go to the shells or something we need to get the shells to sponsor our little segment here but i'm sure
4: (laughs) (laughs) best hamburgers i've had
2: benny
1: all right
4: i know who to call i'm just there you go all right adam
2: thank you sir have a good night and so, I'm yeah, sure think, we'll be talking again, man. Gentlemen,
4: thank you so much. Have a Appreciate great night. It. You too, man.
1: Appreciate it, Adam. It's, <laughs> man, he's always good, man. Every time he comes on. Oh yeah.
2: yeah, like I said, we we had a good time talking about a little bit of everything, and like I said, it just gives you it. And I think that, that you and I have a different perspective on Kentucky sports, not being in Lexington, not being in Kentucky. You kind of can step back. And you can see, okay, not everybody has it like this. Like, you're in Knoxville, so, you know, when you're looking at men's basketball, you know they ain't been to a Final Four. So you know how fortunate Kentucky is to go to a Final Four. They've only been to one Elite Eight.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Kentucky been to 36. So you understand, it's it's like when you watch those uh, commercials with the Sarah McLachlan song, and you see those sad puppies, and you're like, (laughs) not everybody got it as good as we got it. It yeah. tugs on your heartstrings. You're like, yeah. oh, Tennessee volunteer. You know, you wanna, you wanna be nice to them because they, mm-hmm. they don't understand the pressure of trying to, trying to win championships. They, they just try to win games. We try to win championships. Exactly. We are not the same.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well said. Well said. You talked about them elements up there in Iowa. I put a little poll out on the Cats Talk Wednesday Twitter page, and I'm sure you've done a lot of this since it's been so cold up there. But when you, when you get in the car. And turn on the heat, what mode do you put? Do you put it on face only? You put it on defrost, you put it on face and feet, or do you put it on feet only? What are you going with when you when you're trying to warm the car up in, in this Des Moines winter, you're going through for the first time?
2: Oh, uh you, you gotta you gotta put the you gotta put it on the frost because you gotta get the you gotta get the windshields going. Mm. I, I had to invest in a uh, a bigger ice scraper because I was told like the <laughs> little, little one, you know. Yeah, that it that ain't gonna the ice is different here. Like you know, I need the one, you gotta put the two hands on like this. I gotta I gotta get the ice like that. It's a little it's a little bit different. I have I've I've learned a lesson. Uh you know, as they in the Midwest, uh when they say it's the it's not the temperature, it's the wind. That's true. Cause when it's cold and then you get thirty mile an hour winds, it's just different, man. Is it's it's it really is different.
1: Mm-mm. So you gotta put that elbow grease in just to Oh to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two hands, cardio, back and shoulder workout.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And, 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 and Kate look at me like, that's your winter coat. <laughs> <laughs> <And> like, hmm. <laughs> okay, you know, my bad look, when the weather reports are like, look, you can't be outside. Like yeah. don't yeah. like usually in the cold weather's like, look, you know layer up, do all that kind of stuff. they like, don't be outside. Why are you outside for? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's different. These folks are different. They just, you know, they be bopping along. But today, like Adam said, it was about 70 degrees a day. So yeah, people went yeah. out and about. It's different, man. Mm-hmm. I saw convertibles. There. <laughs> I saw a convertible. Look. Yeah, People riding motorcycles and stuff. Yeah. Oh, the motorcycles go up and down the street. Look. I, look, if you get a convertible in sure. Des Moines, in Iowa, in the Midwest, how many days a year can you really put your convertible? In? You have to put it down on some chilly days because there's not enough good days.
1: Yeah, you're not getting a lot of sixty degree days here. It's cold in October there, right? September, yeah. October is getting cold.
2: Yeah, it was chilly at the wedding. We we lucked out. Cool. The Saturday we got married was good, but the Friday before was chilly, and the next day it rained five inches. So we lucked out when it came to the <laughs> weather, but. Yeah, man, people different. Midwesterners <laughs> are different. It, it, it's just different. All the casseroles and stuff we make fun of that they eat. It's because you have to be hearty to live here, man. It's like it's almost like Alaska. Like you don't see the sun for a long time. It's different, man. <laughs> it's been affecting my mentals. We got snow on December 29th, and it just melted around Valentine's Day.
1: Mm.
2: Wake up every day and see snow. How Do people live like this?
1: Yeah, it's different, but yeah. I love it absolutely. Yes, <laughs> and, 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 and Adam, man, he look, he he done got y'all are tight. He even done got in with, with your Sammy dog. He, like you say, don't got him treats, so he's in good with your dog. Adam is good people with everybody, man. Yeah, he brought he brought over uh, uh,
2: he, for Christmas, he got Sammy some like. Some bougie trees, like some fake oh, trees, yeah, getting in good with Sammy he comes over Sammy don't even mess with him no more, man, <laughs> yeah, but Ab's been great, like I said he's made the transition uh here here really good yeah uh, the, the, most of the people around here are you know there's a reason Iowa nice is a thing is a lot of a lot of people are nice, you know, at the barbershop they don't mess with me ever since I told them about uh uh Muhammad Ali. You can't you can't say to me, I didn't know the black people in Kentucky with Muhammad Ali post on the wall. That's not how this works. He's from Kentucky. Specifically, he's from Louisville. Specifically, he went to Louisville Central High School the same as my dad and my uncles and my aunts. So yeah. You gotta come correct. So when I go there, I need to go there again while I got my hat on. Uh, but I got gotta, you know how it is, you gotta have a barbershop, you gotta have uh, you know. The the one thing I do like is uh, there are a lot of good restaurants here, uh, so it's not exactly where you got to go to the subway or McDonald's. There's a lot of good places that Lachelle's mm. that Adam and I were talking about is real good. So you know, it it, it it's been good. You know, you got them
1: uh, hearty, big, thick, good burgers from the from the cows from Iowa. That's that's just mm, that's man. right. I, every every everything,
2: everything is Iowa fresh. This this uh, you gonna get some fresh corn and some and some fresh meat. That's it. It's That's Iowa grown.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Even the even the beef is different. Sound like? Mm.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's good. It's good and hearty. It's good and hearty. Kind of like yeah. you're good and hearty. There you go. Look at that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I then brought it all back together. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you That's did right. There. <laughs> Ooh, I got this. <laughs> Got this link out to uh Reggie Hanson. Hopefully he hops on here and ch- uh oh. Here we go. He just messaged. Just got a DM. Is it too late to log on? Absolutely not. All right. Absolutely not, I, Mr. Hanson.
2: I gotta I gotta talk to him, man. I gotta get a number 35 Kentucky jersey. I you know, uh he, he puts out pictures, he gets his workouts and stuff before games. I do the same and I send him yeah. a picture of me, I think, in number three. He said, "You need a different jersey." I said, "No, I need number 35, So let's make that let's make that happen. <laughs> you,
1: just, you just got yourself another jersey, I believe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> let's let's you know how I am.
1: I mean, you know, Severe and Tata retweeting your tweets, uh, stuff like that. Doug Gottlieb chopping it up with you. Who else? I can't keep up. Who are you rubbing shoulders with? Oh you?
2: yeah, yeah. I forgot about Doug Gottlieb, but you know, uh, everybody that follows me, I do the. Uh, for the date like today was three two so I had a t- uh, you know, happy tie tie Washington severe Wheeler uh day I I do that I don't know I've been doing that for a while but my 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 rule is it's got to be in the same picture like you can get number three and number like you can that's easy but they've got to be in the same picture the same orientation like it's got to actually say three-2 like yesterday was Tyler Eulisss Devin Booker Day, you know, got 3-1. So I I retweet out, and you know, I get, when I put it out there, I get a couple hundred uh, likes and different kinds of things. Well, I'm sitting there today, I sent it out, happy, you know, Ty Ty Severe Day, and Severe liked and retweeted, which is, because I don't even follow, interact with the kids, I don't do that, I don't, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Ty Ty liked and retweeted, and then he did his own, <laughs> happy 3 pictures of him and Severe, so it's become a thing. I'm a trendsetter, yeah. baby. Ain't look. True. I know Adam don't like. Uh, he does not like uh, social media and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. I respect him, but I'm doing pretty good at it. I got the show with you from Twitter. I got uh, got my lovely wife from Twitter. Uh, I'm interacting with folks. I finally got Jerry Rice to like one of my tweets, mm. uh, wishing a happy new year. I'm I'm doing pretty good at this Twitter thing, man.
1: You wouldn't even be up there and even know Adam if it wasn't for Twitter, right?
2: Yeah, our paths crossed on Twitter, and just so happened he was here. You mm-hmm. know, but uh, but like I said, uh, with with Adam, the first couple times—well, not the first couple of times I visited—but I started coming, and you know, he took time out to show me around. He doesn't live that far from mm-hmm. from where, like we're we're in the same general neighborhood. I think that's what uh, I need to ask the missus, but uh, yeah, I think. I mean, we're not that far, same neighborhood, whatever. So he's been good people. So I've I've had a lot of good stuff with it. Now I know there's a lot of bad stuff. Don't get me wrong. It mm-hmm. it's 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 toxic, it's all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I need to take a step back, but most of the time I'm just trying to have some fun with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you and, keep it yeah. in his place, it can be that. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, I you're not gonna get me to say anything bad about Twitter. Not out, not out loud. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, that wouldn't be the best decision. Oh, uh, speaking of good decisions though, Mark Mark Stoops kind of is, is on the road making good hires. And uh, we'll talk about that too. Because first of all, real quick before we bring our guest on, Mr. Reggie Hansen in the green room, since we're on TV and stuff now. He Zach Yenzer comes over from your 49ers. Rich Scandarello comes over as offensive coordinator from your 49ers. So they're going to keep the offense pretty much the same, which is good. <laughs> Levis and everybody won't have to learn a lot of new stuff. Me being a petty Cowboys fan, I'm loving it because it weakens your 49ers. It means that Shanahan's having to go in and make staff replacements and, and do that kind of thing. So I'm loving it from two different points of view. I'm just saying.
2: It, it, and a lot of people ask me my thoughts about it. I'm like, look, on the offensive side, we got to the NFC championship uh, game with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. So Whatever secret sauce they got to can bring to Lexington, let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We and we could hit hey, we can keep this going on with our guests too. He might want to talk a little football, but we go definitely get some basketball knowledge. This gentleman was at Kentucky. The, the first game I ever went to, me and dad went to Rupp arena, the UKIT. IT. It was the 80, 89, 90 season. So my first game, it was December 22nd, 1989. Kentucky played Portland. They won 88-71. Reggie Hans had 17 points, five rebounds. And let's see here. We got uh, a couple steals. 17-5 and 5 for sure. Anyway, Kentucky won, and Reggie was out there. That was my first game. As a 12-year-old, me and my dad made a trip to Lexington, Got there so early that like Southwest Louisiana was having their shoot around and their coaches had to come and tell us to leave because me and dad was just up in there posted up. And they was like, fellas, y'all got got to go. But then me and dad watched Reggie and the fellas that night beat Portland and he's on with us now. None other than Mr. Reggie handsome friend of the show, been on with us before and back again. Reggie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How how y'all doing?
2: Doing good. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
0: Yes, nah, sir. no problem. I was, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm honored to, to be on the show, and I was doing a leadership workshop, and it, and it kind of went over a little bit. So I'm I'm glad that I could still, uh, you know, get on the show and everything.
1: Yeah, we we always enjoy your insight, and knowledge, man. Talk about <laughs> whatever, <laughs> top it up with us, and you doing everything, everything you did playing that all the leadership stuff you're doing, the coaching, and. Everything you got going as far as that is is nothing but positive. So, man, yes, sir. I always honored to have you. You know,
0: I mean, that's that, that's that that's just what I've always been about. Um, you know, when I when I left coaching basketball, um, I still wanted to coach, and so now I coach people. I coach youth. Um, you know, and i I love it. Um, it's no different than basketball in terms of helping them reach the goals that they're trying to reach in life. And um, at the end of the day, that's a little more important than basketball because less than 1% of these young people are going to be able to make it to actually play money, get paid money to play professional sports. So they got to be more prepared for life. Um, But then, you know, same thing with, you know, you have a lot of adults out there, especially since COVID hit. You got so many people out there that just trying to make changes in their lives and they don't know how to do it. They don't know the direction to go. Changing their careers um and then and one of the biggest things with me right now is is the leadership thing is because there's so much leadership development needed um out there now um you know and i've just noticed it with different people i've talked to and and different people i've trained different companies i've worked with um leadership is is that is desperately needed leadership training
1: yeah so it's it's cool that a lot of guys like yourself and and guys coming up uh, in the decades after you, kind of eighties and nineties, are sharing that knowledge with athletes now. Because a lot of y'all didn't have that coming up, but now y'all can look. We did this, been through this. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. Hey, try this. Try that. Because I've been there, and it's it's uh, so so much uh, more of a help instead of just trying to kind of feel your way and figure it out and and learn the hard way like a lot of y'all had to do.
0: Yeah. Yes. I
1: mean and and that's the
0: thing about it is you know you, you, you give it back. That's what it's all about. Um giving back. And, and this younger generation they're very they're very eager, very eager to just hit hit the ground running. Um and a lot of times it's difficult to give them that knowledge because they have a whole different mindset now. Um but but you have to still you have to still give it to them you know at the end of the day you have to give it to them and then sometimes they may get it right away most times they're probably going to get it a little later maybe a few (laughs) years later before it actually clicks in and say okay this is what reggie or whoever was talking about this is what they were trying to explain to me now i get it um but at the end of the day that's what it's all about it's about giving these young people the knowledge they need to, to see to be successful
1: absolutely Go flip it to basketball. I know TV got some questions. I got some questions, man. TV, you were talking about what you was gonna ask Reggie as soon as we started the show, man. So I'll let you
2: well. I love following along with you on, on Twitter during the games because it's one of those things where if you're watching, you know, the games on TV and the color commentators, they tend to talk in cliches. And what I like about you is you don't do that. If player X needs to do X, you say he needs to do X, but there's none of this, you know, you got to dig deep and all You know, okay, yeah, I I know I got to dig deep, but what does that mean? But if you follow along with Reggie, he'll talk about the defense needs to do X. They need to do X to get this result. And that's why I love following along with you during the games. So when you're watching the games, are you – do you have your fan hat on, your player hat on, your coach hat on, your analyst hat, or are you just kind of a mixture of all those and just basically calling what you see?
0: It's really my coach's hat. Um, when, when I'm watching the game, I see it strictly uh, from a coach's perspective. Um, and and I, I listen I, I listen to commentators too, and I, I get so tired of some of the things they say. <laughs> it's like – you know, and sometimes they say things that, and you're like, okay, why did you even say that? That that really, it really doesn't tie into what's going on sometimes.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, um, but no, I, I'm strictly in my coach's head, and I see the game when I'm watching it strictly from a coaching perspective. And um, so I like to give that perspective. And, you know, I've got more and more people that are telling me they, they like for me to give that perspective so they can, you know, follow on exactly what's happening Um, You know, what needs to happen. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people, even if the team's playing bad or or they're doing bad, I'm not going to just, you know, some people will jump on the bandwagon of bashing them and they'll go too far that way. I'm going to say specifically what it is, what they're doing good, bad, indifferent, what they need to do uh, from a coaching perspective. And um, so I enjoy enjoy doing that. I enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And I got to go back. A little bit because I think the first time we had you on, I didn't ask you about it. Um, the, the college basketball, first of all, the college basketball Twitter account, know, uh, they tweeted out a, a clip and you guys were playing at Ole Miss. I, I tagged you and Roger Harden in it, and there was a little action down on the baseline, dude was grabbing you and stuff, and you turn around, you didn't give him a punch, but you gave him a little. A little swing, like like get get up off of get me. Get back, yeah, yeah. And then and so you replied to the tweet. I'm I'm six seven one ninety five, but I ain't taking no ish from nobody. So you do you remember that instance? And then I got to ask you about a, a, another instance that we didn't ask you about last time you were old. You know what? Um,
0: be, being the side that I was, I, I was again seven195 Um, I was fairly strong for my size and my weight. Uh, but I knew that in order for me to be successful, I have to have a, a play with a certain amount of attitude, certain amount of aggression. Um, and, and at the same time, I didn't play dirty. But, um, you know, I, I, I had to give some cheap shots here and there just to let you know I'm there. Let my opponents know I'm there. Uh, but like I said, I wasn't I wasn't a trash talker, or anything like that. But if they talk trash to me, I, I was always the type of player, okay, let's see how high we can turn this up. Because I knew once I started playing for Rick and I'm in such great shape. Um, uh, and I knew I know I am in as far as playing, I'm going hard on both ends for 40 minutes. So now when you start talking, I'm gonna raise the level up and let's see how far you can go because I know how far I'm gonna go. <laughs> and so that's what that was my mindset when i played
1: that makes sense that makes sense and we had we had you on the first time and i didn't ask you i was i was maybe a little too young i don't remember, I don't remember this game but it was, it was you probably been asked about it a million times we talked about this too terry sometimes there's stuff players talk about a lot but you, some furniture got to move with you and in big shop bob you and robert Ory had to i'll a little hands and I think when we played them last year, you were tweeting out some picks from that. And I was like, oh wow, I don't remember. So so tell us about that. Because I was a little too young to remember that game. I don't remember it when it happened, wasn't really aware of it, because I sure would have asked you about it the first time we had you on <laughs> <laughs> moving that person. Um, and-
0: so tell us about in front of you, you know, know what it was do. it was it was Rick's uh first year, and you know we only had seven scholarship players. We filled the rest of the wa- uh, roster out with walk-ons and we're playing at Alabama. And, you know, I was the only returning player that was experienced. And I was the best player on the team. I was the leader. And so we're playing it out at Alabama. You know, they had Robert Orwell, Latrell Spiel. They had about, you know, three or four, four or five first round picks on their team. And so being at Alabama, um, it made it even tougher and so probably the first minute of the game, and think about Robert Ore, he's like me, he's, he's a competitor, you know, he's a competitor. He's a fiery guy. So the first minute and a half of the game, I think we was on offense. And I think I was coming off the back screen. Um, and I'm, in I thumb up offense and we got tangled up. Uh, and immediately we both just started throwing hands and got kicked out the game. First minute and half of the game. And this is a story I tell. Um, when I do my leadership uh, workshops and leadership training, because I learned a big lesson that day um, from a leadership standpoint. I was the leader of that team. That team needed me on the floor every game, forty minutes, just to have a chance. And me getting kicked out kind of wiped that chance away. Robert Ortega get kicked out again. They still had three or four more NBA guys on their team, and they can keep it moving. Yeah. So you know when i'm sitting in that locker room and i'm angry i'm more angry at myself because bad move you know i should have kept my cool let him swing now he's out now that's one less problem we have during that game and now i can help my team win so from a leadership standpoint i lost my cool and it hurt the team but but that's what but that's what happened
1: now we just had we just had senior night last night so what was that like for you, your memories of, of your final game uh, at Rupp Arena, just like, you know, Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady last night? What was that like for yourself? Um, I
0: tweeted out, uh, just, just, just during the game, I tweeted out um, my senior night pitches. Um, and it was, it was. Uh, I mean, it's, I'll tell you what, for me, it was, a, it was a totally different feeling than from those guys. And I'm not saying it wasn't special for them, guys. Anytime you put on a Kentucky uniform and you have senior night, it's special. Um, But the fact that I played basketball in Kentucky, basically, I went to Kentucky my whole career. So I had a deeper feeling, a deeper understanding of what that was all about. And so it's it's a special moment that... um, that it stays with you forever. You remember that night. You remember how you felt that night. You remember how you felt like you know you can't believe it's over. You can't believe it's, uh, it's uh, you know I'm leaving this this great situation so soon. Um, and you just you just wish in that moment that you had another year or so to be in that program. Uh, so, but that it's a night that it's just a special night. You know, a special special night
2: it's like everybody's stay stone face until my old kentucky home comes out and then it's different like i i love watching it and i've shown my wife she's from iowa she, she's not a kentucky fan yet but i'm working but just that moment where everybody's like okay this is a regular game and then it's you know the sun shines bright and then it's just especially and you know i'm not one of these people that says you know uh we don't need people from outside the state but like you're saying reggie for the Kentucky kids that have been around this and know what Kentucky basketball means forever, you know, that weep no more. That's when the weeping starts. That's when you can, you know, the camera pans and you can see their face, and it's like, oh wow, you know, it's a it's always a special moment. Uh from a fan perspective. I can't even wrap my head around, you know, doing it from a player's perspective because mm-hmm. I know how I felt at my graduation when I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore, and I was just (laughs) an average, an average student. So I appreciate you sharing those, sharing those pictures and your workout pictures. Because I've been, I've been, I tweet you back and forth my workout pictures. I was able to turn my uh, uh, basement uh, treadmill area into a Kentucky shrine. I was, I was able to do that. So always got to share my workout pictures with you.
1: this year, man, this year's team. We we just talked about Senior Night, so this the season is all but over. Got one more game at Florida, and then it's, it's tournament time. So what do you, what do you think about what you saw and and where they are right now with the calendar flipping to March? And- you know what? Um, I love this team.
0: Love this team, and I don't love it for the talent. I love it for the fact that they love playing with each other and they play together so well. Um, and that's what I love about this team. And you can tell by watching them that they love playing together. They, 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 they want to help each other succeed. And that's why all of them succeed. Um, I I think that Ty Ty and, and, uh, Wheeler getting hurt and being out, that set us back, set us back from just continuity, um, chemistry, timing um when you lose guys like that you know and then they come back you know we don't we don't have the time that we want but it takes time to get that continuity back those guys got to get back into game shape game rhythm and we've lost some of our defensive presence our defensive intensity um we got to get that back you know that that's one thing that that i always say defense you can fix quickly you can fix easy because that's about effort focus concentration and just just putting in that work offense timing that is just you know just getting them reps in getting them reps in but defensively it just comes down to right here put you know saying you know what let's get this back let's go back to doing what we used what we were doing to stop people but but you know if they get the defensive intensity back i think the offense will continue to 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 mold and, and come together but if we get that defensive intensity back then then we can definitely make a run.
2: I, I've got a question for you. As far as you, you've talked about you, you your 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 size and the way you played. What are your thoughts on Oscar Shibwe rebounding? Because I've gone uh, and looked up on bigbluehistory.net, Vinny, you know, one of my favorite sites to go to mm-hmm. and and and, and Reggie, you was you was grabbing some boards back, back in the day, but to see what Oscar is doing, you know, I, I, I tweeted out that. Look, anytime you put your name in a Kentucky record book, you have done something. Mm -hmm. And with Oscar doing something that we haven't seen going back to the 60s, as a former player that knows how difficult it is to go get those rebounds, what are you thinking when you see him play?
0: Um, I love Big O. Love him. Um, You know, when it comes to rebounding, at the end of the day, it's about whether you want to do it or not. You know, and, and Oscar knows that, okay, you know, if I want to be great at this game, this is one of the things I got to be great at. That's one of the things he's got to be great at because he's still working on becoming a better scorer.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he's still got to get that fluidity into his scoring. And it's coming. You can see it's coming. Even, you know, he's not hesitating as much when he gets around the basket. He hesitates, has they didn't go for the shot? He's starting to get it, spin move quick, jump cook quick, quick, you know, catch the free throw line, get it up. So it's fluidity in the offense. Offensively is coming along a lot better. Uh, but he figured out quickly that, you know what? You know, my bread and butter is going to be rebounding. And when you get that and you know that, can't nobody keep from doing it. Because, again, it becomes an effort thing. How many guys for 40 minutes want to go after rebounds? <laughs> Not a lot out there that's going to do that. They're going to be so concerned about, oh, I want the more touches on offense, so I wanted this. They're not focused on that. And so that's what makes him such a great player is he understands if I'm on eat, I got to eat on these rebounds first, you know? And, and so, and so that that's a blessing for him and for that team to have him, um, to be able to do that.
1: What do you think? And I don't know if I'm on a soapbox, but I, I tweet at every, every few games because to me, and I definitely want your opinion. You can you can kind of see, like you said, Oscar's offensive game is coming. I kind of feel the same way about Jacob Topham. I, I kind of see the, puzzle, the piece of the puzzle kind of coming together for him. He's stepping out, hitting threes. He's taking it to the basket. He's hitting turnaround jumpers. And you can just kind of see it all kind of bubbling under the surface. And when he gets it all put together, puts it all together, it's going to explode. I just think his offensive potential when the light buff only goes off is, is going to be really something. I just wonder what, what you thought when you see. Um, I yeah. feel like he's definitely got a lot of potential. The thing about this team is
0: at this time of year, it's going to be really hard for an individual's game to really explode to that next level mm-hmm. because they're so talented. And because everybody plays well with each other and everybody has a part that like before Ty Ty and Wheeler got hurt, everybody was playing their role very well. And so right now, that's what's going to have to happen. When, when, when guys get the shots, the open shots, you have to knock it down. If you get the drives, you got to take it. You know, when they have those opportunities, they got to take advantage of it. Now, as far as the player's game right now, really shooting to that next level at this time of the year. With where they at and trying to build that team continuity and everybody fitting in their role, it, that's going to be hard, but that doesn't mean that he can't still okay continue to knock down that open jump shot, get more rebounds, run the floor for easy baskets, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'm and I'm with you too. I, I even think that that explosion could be next year based on what we see, and just okay, it's just kind of bubbling. Mm-hmm. It's, you know the water yep. isn't boiling yet, but you see it heating up. You see it coming. You see the you see it starting to move, and then you know even if, if it goes to the next year, it's boiling and bubbling, and you know the, popping the, out the, the, onto the stove. You know, yeah, and that, and that's what and that's what that's what should happen.
0: Like I said, right now at this time of the year, it's just too difficult for it to happen. Going to the next year, it should it should be like night and day where he is now and where he's going to be next year in terms of
1: his play. Now summer pickup, you can you can any portion of of summer summer pickup ball when you were there and guys came back or when you were done and you came back, it's intense, y'all going at it. It's it's just battling, nobody's backing down. The most the most impressive maybe jaw dropping play, oh my god, play that you experienced, whether you were on the court as a player, or if you were coming back, or you were sitting. And you, your team wasn't up yet just to play. <laughs> oh, my God. this, this you still maybe kind of think about from the pickup days. You know what? I don't have a special one. Um,
0: all I know is when I was a player, you know, we had Rex Chapman, those guys used to come back. Um, and, and then when I left, they had so many great players that came in. That i was, you know used to go back and play with, you know in terms of TD, Antoine, Rom, you know all those guys, and so and then plus you still got other NBA guys to come back as well. So I mean, just the games were always just great, competitive. Um, you didn't want to lose because you could be down a few games to get back up again. But uh, but I never had a special moment. It's just there was so much talent and there was a lot of exciting things that that just went on each game
1: yeah so just just epic stuff man just yeah and, and just forging those bonds you know going through the fire and the battles in the summer to get to the regular season you know you just going through all them wars it just just toughened you up for everything didn't
0: it you know what the summer here's the thing about summer when you're playing pickup ball um it's really more about staying in shape keeping your basketball timing and bonding as a team. Um, that's what that's what the pickup ball is for in the summertime. It's really getting to know your teammates, what they're good at on the court, what they're not good at, how y'all can bounce off each other, how you can help each other. That's where you really can learn that in that summertime. Um, and then from a, from a developmental standpoint, it's not the, it's not it's not the the pickup games. It's what you're doing before or after the pickup games, working on your game individually, but it's before the pickup games. Then a lot of guys will do some more individual work after pickup games. That's
2: where you got better.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Reggie Hansen dropping knowledge TV as always. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I said, he's a, he's a great follow uh, as a, as a former cat, but he, he cuts through the, he cuts through the stuff and gets to the, gets to the meat and potatoes. And that's what I appreciate. Versus what you may get on TV, where it sounds like they got a checklist on stuff they need to say, even if it doesn't fit with what you're with what you're watching. Because uh, I don't know how frustrated you all were during the Arkansas game. I think it was Pete Gillum was saying, you know, Oscar Sheehy can't guard that dude. I'm like, that dude can't guard Oscar. Oscar got 13 18. Like, Oscar's the problem. Like, what, what am I? You know, let me. Let, let me calm down a little bit. But I'm just thinking, what what, what am I what am I watching? And well one memory I did share with uh with uh, with Reggie. We, we were on Twitter one day talking. Uh, everybody likes the championship teams for Kentucky, right? But I love those moments that kind of fly under the radar mm-hmm. where and I think I shared this with you, it was Joe Crawford's last game
0: mm-hmm.
2: that against Marquette. The team wasn't very good in the, ter- you know, it was kind of obvious that Marquette was the better team, but Joe played 40 minutes and gave us 36 points. Mm-hmm. And I was just, that is one of my moments of, I was very proud to be a Kentucky fan in that moment. It was a right. game most people don't even think about. Mm-hmm. I've talked to Kentucky fans. They're like, what do you? I'm like, Joe put, put on a show that day. Right. And it was one of those against all, uh, you know, and I just wanted to share that with you again, that that was just one of those moments. Because Joe doesn't get talked about enough for, for my money. Because if you go a, look Joe at those record player. books.
0: Yeah. Very good. Like, very good. Joe's all over the place. He was a second-round pick to the Lakers, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All yeah. SEC player. Mm. Uh, but Joe was very good. Joe was was one of those guys that he was a very quiet guy. And his game, although he's very good, if this makes sense, He's a, he has a, he had a quiet game, like his game was so smooth. And so, you know, it, it wasn't a game. It, it wasn't a thing that unless he would have to dunk it, you know, it wasn't something that you're going to, everybody's going to be on the edge of their seats, you know, they just be like, you know, watching him and he's going to go through his thing. And before you know it, he's going to have 20, 25 points. Um, but he could
2: really, he could really score. Yeah.
1: For so that that one time was it Louisville? Where he dunked on a couple of guys where everybody was like, "Oh my
2: god!" I, yeah, we didn't. I didn't know he could do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah Joe, was, yeah. It's I'm your really point going to Kentucky. Yeah, Joe, very, very athletic. Could jump. When he came to Kentucky, the thing that, that he really needed to improve on was, like, like all young players, was just the knowledge of the game and how to play the game at that level. That's why he didn't play as much his freshman year. He he, he had to learn how to play, just like a lot of young guys. And then as far as and really getting that, you know, the, the the jump shot down. But other than that, I mean, Joe was – he was a competitor. He was
1: a competitor. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Reggie, man, we always enjoy it. Um, yes, You know, the coaching, all the positivity, all the basketball knowledge, um, all the good stuff on Twitter, like TB said, your, your senior pitchers, all the, you know, positivity <laughs> you put out there, you know people reminiscing and thanking you for everything you did and, and we appreciate you taking time to hop on with us we're looking forward to seeing what happens this march madness just like you are and we're gonna be alone for the ride right with you yeah well you know
0: I, you know i live in the tampa area so it's gonna be crazy here next weekend
1: yes, absolutely. <laughs> when, the,
2: when the cat fans descend you everybody knows how that is when the blue mist shows up they show up and show out so they're gonna be they, hopefully they get a good show to
0: watch <laughs> They're gonna be everywhere. We just, we just, our team. We just got to show up. You know, start with Florida. We got to, we got to get that rhythm back. We got to get that real offensive and defensive rhythm back. And, you know, get that in defensive intensity back. And when we do that, then you know we'll be ready to go.
1: That's it. Can't thank you enough. Yes, Always sir. Always enjoy it, and, and definitely got to do it again down the road.
0: All right. Thank you. You guys stay safe out there. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you, Reggie.
1: Right. Appreciate it. When we can't, Reggie Hansen, three guests at AJ Jones, Adam Jacoby, Reggie Hanson stack show, man, just, Oh, and, and thanks to all of them. Thanks to you for feeling better and oh, yeah. real, real quick question for you too. I know we ain't got time to dive into it, but you know, we, we still got the rest of the NBA season, but I, how hurtful was it listening to, to the right time when he was, he was going in on the Lakers like that. I bet that was a painful, Favorite episode, right? I'm just,
2: I almost skipped it when I saw the show notes and I saw Bo was going to go in on the Lakers. But in, in, you know, I've been very honest. I think before the season starts, like this could go badly. It's yeah. a bunch of old dudes. Yeah. Uh, I watched the last couple of games, I watched the uh, the Clippers game, I watched the New Orleans Pelicans game. They just quit, man. They, they, I mean. They just quit. uh I don't know how you fix it. it's it's that situation. I would rather them fall all the way out of the playing situation than go in the playing situation, and get my hopes up.
1: right, right.
2: you know I, I so but I don't know what moves you can I don't know. uh but like I've told people, I had a nice back and forth with uh, Kendrick Haskins of wave. Mama B's favorite sports uh, guy uh cool. there in Louisville. Look, the the Lakers will figure it out. Like I don't, you know, do I have faith in these people? No, I have faith in the Lakers as a as an entity. People want to play there, they'll end up with give us two stars and we'll figure it out. Well, you know, LeBron is not the LeBron that was in Miami. He can't be. You know, uh, some in NBA account, you know, NBA insiders don't think LeBron's that good. Like he's not that dude anymore. And that's not, it's not relevatory. It's not a slight on LeBron. He has been at top three in the NBA since 2004. Mm-hmm. The wheels were going to come off at some point. Yeah, You know, the only thing is LeBron looks the same. You know, right. he's looked the same for the last 12 years. So yeah. it doesn't, look like he's a step slow, but you can, you can watch and you know, uh, you know, the Lakers were banking on uh, Anthony Davis to become that dude and through injury and through play, uh, you know, AD takes too many jump shots from my Diken, you know? So oh. I don't know what the, what the move is. I saw a report today that, you know, Russell Westbrook is going to work with the Lakers to find a new home next year. Yeah, yeah, you kind of need to do that if you can't hit the backboard. Like, okay, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> the old guys didn't work. So, uh, but the only thing is I disagree with Bo is that LeBron's way didn't work. And I forgot who he was talking I think it was Vinny Goodwill uh, a couple weeks ago talking about LeBron's way didn't work. If LeBron went to Miami, went to L.A., went back to Cleveland and didn't win anything, right? (laughs) then you could say it didn't work. Because you and I have seen players in a bunch of sports try to be the GM and try to do all this, and it doesn't work. Now, is it fair to say if he had done things differently, he might have got to five or six championships? Maybe. My argument always is, and I forget who put this on Twitter, somebody was talking about, you know, if Steph gets one more ring, you know, he'll get to four, that guarantees him top ten. And no, because Steph is who he is. What's one more championship going to do? Once LeBron won in Miami and then won in Cleveland, what's one more going to do? The people that say MJ's better aren't going to be swayed if LeBron had won six and lost three NBA championships or something like that. Like when you get in that rarefied air, it stops being about numbers in general. So if LeBron is able to look back on his resume and be like, look, first time in Cleveland, I took Sasha Pavlovich, mm-hmm. Anderson Vallejo, mm-hmm. uh, Zarundis Ilgaskis, and Larry Hughes to the NBA Finals. I did that. Went to Miami, four straight finals, one, two, Okay, went back to Cleveland, got them their first championship since Jim Brown played before the Dirty Dozen. Okay, went to L.A., loved the L.A. life, won a championship. That's not bad. Nope. And, you know, uh, I I think the ghost of Michael Jordan, and you said we were going to wrap up, but, you know, you got me started. (laughs) <laughs> the ghost of Michael Jordan hangs all over this because when Jordan was coming up, there wasn't anybody we could say, you'll never be that dude. We were just magic was magic. Dr. J was Dr. J bird was bird. You had uh, uh, Kareem. You had Will, you had Bill Russell. You had these names, mm-hmm. but post MJ, it became about rings Right, like Wilt Chamberlain, what won two championships? Two, yeah. But ain't nobody out here thinking Wilt wasn't that dude, right? Elgin Baylor never won. Yeah, unbelievable. So, <clears throat> but once Mike comes, it's six and zero. It's all about rings. Everybody gets judged against that. Everybody that comes up, you're not that guy. You're not this, you're not that. And it it and and I said this before, it has really ruined our appreciation of basketball players. Like, you know, we can't appreciate what Kevin Durant's doing because he hasn't got to six rings yet. Like it, we just we're dissecting these guys and not appreciating them. Where when you look at, and I know you talked about probably talked about the NBA All Star game and the 75. Those game recognizes game. Yeah. I love seeing those interactions with the old timers and the new guys. And everybody's like game recognized game. Those oh. dudes know. Oh. Like, I don't know, you know, it, when it comes to NFL and baseball, though. but like ballers have been ballers analytics or anything. Everybody knows Dr. J was that dude, whatever championships he won. He was that dude. So we've allowed this thing, the mythos of Michael Jordan to, to pollute everything. Uh, Dragonfly Jones, who I follow on Twitter, was going out with somebody the other day, you know, this myth that uh, that uh, Michael Jordan, uh, you know he ended the, the the Celtics winning. No, he didn't. He didn't he never beat the Celtics when they were the Celtics. He didn't beat the Lakers when they were the Lakers. He beat old magic. You know, it, it you know, he he did not he did not end the Lakers run. He didn't end the Pistons. The Pistons put him out three straight years. Like we can have these discussions. Michael Jordan is good enough where we don't just need to rewrite history. The Pistons beat his brains in three straight years. I was here and I saw
1: it. Right. Magic did retire the following offseason after they lost to the Bulls too. So yeah. He so caught man. HIV. <laughs> yeah, well, five months later, five months after that series, he was having stuff away. So, yeah, he caught man. HIV. So, you know, oh. that, so you, but you can, but look
2: now, you can say when he got to the mountain, nobody else got to the mountain when he was, when he was at his peak.
1: Yeah, That's nobody, absolutely
2: something yeah, you can say.
1: Nobody ended him the way everybody else Right. Right. Yeah.
2: Nobody, nobody walked him off the court. Absolutely. Mm. And mm. you can say that, but you can't. Well, he got rid of it. No, he didn't get rid of the Celtics. He put up the 63, and Larry Bird said that's Jesus in shoes, and the Bulls <laughs> lost. Like, yeah. we can have these conversations and and, and, and be truthful about it. That's yeah. all, I, when it comes to basketball, that's all I'm saying. Or anything, just be truthful about it.
1: And speaking of, though, it was – it was cool to see him dapping everybody up. He seemed to be in a good mood. I mean, like you said, all of them were there. And I like, you know, CP3 and LeBron came out of the locker room for halftime to be a part of it. You know, they got the uniform on and they they popped out and threw their jacket on. MJ at the Daytona 500 watching Bubba Wallace yep. taking a jet to Cleveland. And every you look up, he he grabbing people from behind. He just he's bear hugging LeBron, he bear hugging Luca, he's bear hugging everybody. So I, it was you know of course he was gonna give his respect to, um, uh, um, wow, um, uh, Vanessa and everybody. And he was talking to Vanessa and, and Jerry West, and just it it just cool to see him happy. We talked about the state or lack of maybe his happiness. And he seemed to be in a good place and just giving love and hugs to everybody. I I was happy to see that
2: on, on the outside looking in, it didn't look like Jordan had any joy doing what he did. Just on, from the outside looking in, looking at the last dance, it was like, if I'm going to do this, it's gotta be joyless. It's gotta be whatever my hope. And again, you know, I'm armchair psychologist from thousand miles away, don't know Michael Jordan. Yeah. But I'm hoping that the people around him when the last dance came out said, you don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be that, like, enjoy this. Enjoy being around other really good basketball players. Yeah. Because I think if, you know, in that room, there's a lot of dudes that understand. I think he would find out there's more people that understand him than than don't.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that had to be it. the dudes to, to lead their franchises to the problem. Like, talk to Jerry West,
1: yeah. who
2: thought you know couldn't beat the Celtics and was like, I don't want to do this. Like, you mm-hmm. know, talk to some of those guys, you know, they get it, they that get it. it. So
1: the picture of him, the picture of him and D Wade and GP and yeah. j Kid and, and D Wade says that when when dudes find out, find out they get a knife at the homies, and it's just pure comedy. It's yeah, MJ right in the middle of it, I'm like, I'm, we we might be off base. We might be as far off as the UK fan that says Shane Sharp ain't coming back because he ain't smile. But yeah. just just from from what we see, <laughs> we were just happy to see him. Chopping it up and just laughing and just being normal and and having a good time with folks. It was it was just good to see. Because
2: and what happens is this: when you look at these events like the NBA seventy five, the big men group together, right? Shaq and Hakeem gonna kick it because their game ain't really the same as everybody else's game. Like the point guards kind of sit together, right? Like mm-hmm. like it's it's it, it it's kind of like that. And then you've got that that upper echelon where. You had to be the dude to lead your team to a championship. Look, MJ, I, if he ever talked to LeBron, and I don't, again, we're doing this from a million miles away. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I think they would find they have more in common than than they don't. I, I mm-hmm. think the whole MJ-LeBron narr- MJ narrative is fan-driven in, in media types more than these actual dudes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and on that note one quick thing on the you know we'll we'll talk about a music versus every now and then when it when there's one that we really like you know when it's when it's uh erica badu and jill scott or you know stuff like that they had the first one for basketball it was t-mac and alan iverson now it it can't be really the same as music they're each just displaying like 10 highlights the highlight isn't going to hit you the same as a grown folk music song is, but I still think it was well done. Taylor Rooks was there hosting it. Shaq was there. Uh AI would show a highlight. T-Mac would show a highlight. I thought it was interesting. T-Mac said there's some highlights that aren't going to be up here out of respect to the people that were in them. So my, I immediately think that was probably Sean Bradley because He's, yeah. you know yeah. his health right now and, and yeah. everything he went through because we, we all know what happened right. with that play on the court but T-Mac did not put that in as part of his package and they both ended with an iconic moment, you know, T-Mac 13 points in 35 seconds AI with the step over Teron Lou so it's it's not going to hit quite the same as, you know, Gladys Knight and Pam LaBelle up there <laughs> going song for song, but yeah. It was still very good. Fat Joe was up there doing his thing too. It was very, very good. And I'm looking forward to the next one. And and it was, you know, we we lived through that whole career and we could get nostalgic about that as well. It's not the same musically, but it was still pretty cool. So shout out to the sports versus. Yeah, and and
2: Alan Iverson for being, you know, our age, basically, uh he gives he, he is a better uh, ambassador for the game of basketball than just about anybody else. Like he loves the new kids. Mm-hmm. Like he ain't back in my day or nothing. He's like, oh no, these do- these dudes can ball. Mm-hmm. And when you see any of those documentaries about him, and 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 get to read things on him, we we I mean society as a whole, we were unfair to Allen Iverson. We saw him as a certain way. Even his supporters, I don't think were fair to him as a person. But that's a that's a subject. That's a TED talk for another day. Absolutely. We've we've gone on a little, uh, a while. But a great show. Lots of great guests. Lots of great lots of great chatter. So we we rocking and
1: rolling, man. We did. Last thing for real, for real. A, uh, uh, you we've seen what John ja did to that boy for the Spurs. That's all I'm saying. Who?
2: Ja Morant's a problem, dude. He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a he's a he's a he's a problem, and you know I got folk down in Memphis. Yeah. They loving it, man. He is, you know, for the NBA. He's undersized. He's got that junkyard fight. That is what the nine hundred one is about. The the, the FedEx form being the uh, the the grindhouse. Hey, Number. they they I love it
1: you in your face as I dunk on you, big fella. Yes. Get yeah. this elbow to your temporal. As I flushed, that's So yeah. oh, oh, you know, yeah. But we had to at least get that in. We did go long. We did get a little wound up, but man, that, was, that's all right.
2: That's how we do sometimes.
1: It is killer show. Glad you were, were not under the weather anymore. Glad you felt good enough to go to the game Sunday and see Caitlin Clark be better than advertised, and that's hard to do. And she was better than advertised, and you and Adam were right there up in it,
2: man. It 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 it's uh, it was unreal. And like it and, and, and that's the thing too, is you don't expect, I guess, you know, you still have these how women are supposed to play versus the men, but she's she's talking. She is uh one of the highlights before the game. I didn't realize she did the MJ shrug to somebody. Like <laughs> But Adam said she doesn't mind being the villain. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's the thing too, is you, you know, if you're gonna do like that and do it in somebody's face, that's a, okay. Can you back it up?
1: And and she did. That's right. So glad y'all got to see that. That was amazing. You was texting little stuff. Oh yeah, so that was cool. I was enjoying seeing that. So glad y'all got to do it. Adam's piece on at awesome.com. That was a great article. He wrote about it. He yep. started off writing about that. He got text from a friend that we need to go see her, and then the rest is history. Y'all went and did that. So you, Adam Jacoby, thanks to AJ, thanks to Andre Jones, thanks to Reggie Hansen. Three great guests. We put our little two cents in and around all that. And we had yes, another special. Watch it on Roku. Type in BS3 TV in the search and listen where you get your podcast. And we'll be back next week with another episode. We'll be looking ahead to the SEC tournament because it's going to be that time time telling everybody to go down to Tampa, where Reggie Hansen is, and, and see what's going to happen because it's, it's tournament yes, time. Sir. It's Kentucky time. It's March. TB. It,
2: according to my shirt, January, February, Kentucky, April. That's right. And, and if people, if people don't like it, like I said, just beat Kentucky. You don't want them to have these records.
1: Just beat them. That's all you gotta do. So we'll see y'all next week, man. From man TB, this Vinny Hardy. We'll be back with another episode of Cash Talk Wednesday. Y'all join us again. We'll be here. Take care, y'all.